A huge congratulations to Whalen Bay. They are the number one dealer in sales in the nation for Mako and Tahoe boats. How cool is that? Hey folks, Captain Kevin Favor here for Whalen Bay Marine, and I've been telling you for years how much I love the Mako Pro Skiff Series. They're an absolute inshore fishing machine. But don't forget, they also carry tracker boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tracker pontoon boats, and Tahoe boats. Now you want some bigger news? Whalen Bay is now the dealer for Ranger boats. The new Ranger Saltwater Bay boats look amazing. Also, Ranger Aluminum Series and Ranger pontoons, which are perfect for fishing and just relaxing. So now, no matter what your boating needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. And I can promise you that when you buy your new boat, all the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. You can do all this at Whalen Bay in St. Augustine located at 845 State Road 207 or give them a call at 217-3778 or visit whalenbaymarine.com. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized dealer for tracker boats, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, Mako, and now your full line of Ranger boats. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. Beautiful Saturday morning on the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter, and I'm Captain Kirk Waltz, uh, Captain Kevin Favor, and our other co-hosts, <laughs> Jeff Logman, are on detail. Exactly. Oh, outdoor show baby. R- research, <laughs> little R and R, and sitting in with me is Captain Scotty Shank That's and me. Captain Ricky Papour. Morning, boys. Hollywood. Hollywood. How's everybody doing? Good. Good morning. Good morning. Yep. Yo. Kind of a kind of a interesting week weather-wise. It has been, and it seems like that seems to be our our general pattern. We yeah. we have two or three days of cold weather. Some of it kind of bitter. Yes. And then we have like Wednesday. What did it hit Wednesday? I I mean, I went up to the woods and worked at our property clearing the we have a, a road that runs down the Suwannee River. And the blueberry bushes, and the huckleberries, and the tie-tie. And really? Had overgrown the road so much this year when we hunted. I told the guys, I said, we're not going to clear this now. We're going to wait till after season and then come in here. And so we went up there with machetes and pole saws and chainsaws and we're cutting logs and stuff and cleared it out. And You didn't pick the blueberries first? You just wanted not. They're not, they're not no. coming out yet. It's, it's a little early, August. brother. It's is, it, is it really? Yeah, I'm it's sorry. early. It's still, it's still January. You know, the flowers haven't popped That's out yet. That's true. Yeah. Didn't think about yeah. it that yeah. way. Yeah, wait for spring. It'll come. Okay. But long story short, it went from, what, in the 40s, 50s, it's all of a sudden, it's like 70 mm-hmm. and 76, yeah. and then that front was coming. And then finally, it, it's like we slipped, we, we sweat, you know, slipped off the sweaters, and we had vests on, and uh, long sleeve shirts, and those came off. Next thing you know, we're out there working in t-shirts. I'm yep. like, what the heck? Yep. You know? My mom used to call it pneumonia weather, you know, yes. where it'd be real hot for three or four days, and then all of a sudden it'd be freezing cold, and you, you know, you're stripping clothes and putting clothes on, and yep. start sweating, and that's how you catch cold, you know. Yep. Yeah. Monday was the only good day. I mean, I mean, either that or you had wind. I right. mean, I fished Monday. Right. But it was, I mean, it was nice, but still we had northwest winds blowing like whatever, ten, twelve knots. Mm-hmm. But and then it just. Got skunky hereafter. I mean, it just it blew. You know. I mean, I fished on Friday. Um, 
Is it Friday? Thursday. Fish Thursday for five hours. Oof. And yeah, it was it was Oof. nippy. I mean, the folks were from New Jersey and they got got on the boat and I said, Look, guys, you know, we need to uh make sure we're dressed right. I said, We got a lot of humidity around here and they looked at me and oh, we're fine. We're fine. And I said, Okie doke. It's kinda like riding a motorcycle. Yep. You know, except you're on top of a refrigerator and he kinda looked at me and he said, A refrigerator? I said, The water temperature's fifty six. 58 degrees yep you know and that cold air starts gravitating up through the boat and next thing you know you feel it in your feet then you feel it in your legs it's like man it's freaking cold out here yep. you know no i love it i love it right? especially this time of year like you're saying yeah you know you start you watch your charter as they walk down the dock and go huh, it's gonna be an early day you know shorts and <laughs> flip you know, man and like a long sleeve shirt and they'll get on the boat and i said did we have this discussion last night i said I, yeah. wear clothes as I have, you know, three layers on, I got gloves on, I got a, you know, a, a, a hat on and everything else. And they're looking at me like, wow, this guy's nuts. Mm-hmm. And then, boy, you pour the coals to her when you come out of the edge of the cove right there and you start going and you can just see them all just sitting there just huddling together. I always get the, uh, you know, I say, if y'all have a question or need anything, so just raise your hand, you know. Yeah. When you're going 50 miles an hour <laughs> and you see that hand go up, you know what it is. It's like, it's like. Okay, how many jackets do we need? Yeah, I just need a jacket cap. You know, yep. I just, can I, I just grab I, it out? I underestimated how cold it was. You yeah, know? and then, yep. and it's so funny. I I had the conversation with the folks on on Thursday that it's it's ironic. Just like you said, you'll be sitting in the boat waiting for your for your clients, and here they come walking down, and one of them's got on a long sleeve t shirt, and then you look down, and you go, oh my gosh, she's wearing shorts. Yep. And then at the bottom of his feet, he got no socks and shoes on, flip flops. Oh, I'm from up north. I can handle this. It's only going to be... This is Florida. It's going to be 68 degrees later on. I said, Bubba, you don't understand what you're getting yourself into right now. Well, it's the humidity around here, you know. Yes, it is. I mean, it's it's so funny. It, and I get I'll, that a lot on my boat also. It, 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 I, lots of people come from the north and they think that, you know, that, oh, it's going to be 60 degrees or 55. Right. And, right. And like you said, dressed in, you know, flip-flops and shorts and stuff. It's a different kind of cold, I guess. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're going 30 miles an hour. Well, I, and I think Ricky, you know, and Scott, I, I tell people all the time, I said, we, we've got a lot of swamps around here, a lot of low country. Yep. And with all the ponds and, and, and it holds a lot of moisture. Yep. And that moisture, even in the wintertime, can convert to humidity. And that humidity factor is what gets you. Yep. It gets down in your clothes and, and gets, you know, gets down in your bones for me. And it's like, darn, it's cold. It's so funny. And I always have the same conversation. They go, well, this is Florida. Yeah. I go, well, not really. I said, if you look where they cut and sliced and diced the uh, state, we're in South Georgia. Yes. I said, That's you right. might think this is Florida, but it's South Georgia. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's, go dogs. Go dogs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's true, Chris. <laughs> but Scotty and I fished together last year about this time, and, and uh, we, had, we were, he had a charter, and I was – actually, I think it was my charter, and we were yeah, running on his it boat. was. Mm-hmm. And he – we made it to – we put the boat in at uh, the south down there around his n- neighborhood, and we made it up to Comanche Cove to pick up our charter guests. And he called Miss Kathy about halfway. He said, bring us some clothes. <laughs> we, 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 well, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, we, I, we were ready, but not that ready. Yeah. And I called my wife, and because he uh, – I don't know I don't know what it was. Anyhow, I don't know what – anyhow, it was way – I mean, my clients were freezing. Him and I were looking at one another going – Dude, I got, I got, I got, I got fifty bucks on me. He says we take this thing back right now. We just call it. Yeah, let's go go to a restaurant yeah, and find something it. to eat. I'm in, I'm in <laughs> for breakfast. Inside. Let's go. Is there a restaurant on this river it somewhere? It was freezing yeah. that morning. It was like a snowmobile. Oh, it, yeah, day. yeah, it was. 
I don't know. Back. I've gotten a point this time of year. I always keep – if you open up the back of my truck, I've got my rain suit, my gill rain suit, my tops and my bottoms, my overalls. I've always got an extra set of rubber shoes, you know, boots. And then I've got vest. I don't care if they're camo. Then I've got fleece jackets, and it's like a pile of clothes. And my wife always gets in, you know, like yesterday, I'd take her to a doctor. And she gets in the truck and looks in the back seat. You got enough clothes back there? And I go, yeah. Depends. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I do. I actually do. It's a daily dosage. It is. I got whatever I, I got back there. I mean, Thursday, the guy, I'd stop and give him my jacket. Yeah. You know? And I could have I've put the jacket on. Yeah. But I had enough on, and I was like, you know what? In the heater vest, I mean, if you haven't gotten a heater vest, it's cold weather, and you're riding around outside. That thing is money. I mean, I, how, how long will it last? I've had mine go all day long for eight hours. Gotcha. And it gets, I, I tell you, Ricky, it gets so hot on the high end. There's a, there's a button on there. And when you push it, you hold it down for a second and it goes red. Red is the high end. And then I think blue is the middle range. And then white is low. If you leave it on that red and you've got another jacket on, it'll cook you. I actually feel like I'm burning up. Unless it's just so cold outside, frigid, and that's how warm it is. And I've I've run it on offshore sh- trips for six or seven hours, and it gets to the wow. point where it gets so warm, especially when the sun comes out. I turn it off for an hour or so, mm-hmm. and then if I start to run again, I'll reach over and mash the button and turn it back on. So I've actually never had it go out on me at all. And it's a battery pack. It's about I want to say it's probably three and a half or four inches by four inches, and you plug it in, and it it takes about I don't know if it's if it's real low, about two hours to charge it, but once it's charged, it's it stays charged all day. It's got to be a lithium battery. But I don't, what's I don't so, know. What's so cool about that? It's kind of like being in your vehicle. You know, when you get that mindset in your head, okay, we're going to make a move. Right. You can turn that thing on in a minute or two while it's while it's warming your oh, core yeah. up. Yeah. You're ready to rock out now. Now you're good. You know, and then you get close to the spot, you just hit the button real quick and. You know, it's not like you're going to work and you're cooking. No. My dad's famous saying, sayings, you know, when we were little kids, you always have those stick in the back of your head. And I, I always remember Pop when we would go fishing, and, and we would fish on Sundays and Mondays. We'd go after church on Sundays, and then if I was off from school on Monday, we'd go. And that's, that was his days off. He worked on the railroad. And I would go in the house, and we'd fish 12 months out of the year. If I went in there in the wintertime and, and grabbed just – and you know how teenagers are. They never wear enough clothes. No. I mean, if you live in Jacksonville Beach, you got to be cool. You got to wear flip flops, shorts, and a long sleeve t shirt to Fletcher. You know, that's just the look. And I was the same way. You know, we were little surfer boys, and it was like, I'm wearing this. And dad would go, go back in there, put pants on, and get two sweaters, get a knit cap, grab a pair of gloves. And I'd go, I'd be whining the whole time. Oh, come on, dad, let's just go. And he'd go, nope. Go get it. We ain't leaving the driveway to get the clothes. And I would, and I would have it on all day long. Mm-hmm. And I was hard-headed, you know, and it was like every time. And I always remembered he'd say, look, you can always take it off if you're wearing it. But if you ain't wearing it, there ain't no closets in the boat to just grab some. Yep. Yeah. You know, so that always stuck with me. You can I would take love it off, a, but you can't wish it on. I would love to have a pair of heated heated gloves and socks. Like, that actually worked. I bought a pair of those, you know, like I think they were redhead brand heated socks with a little battery pack on the side didn't work they never worked not one day yeah i i don't know i i've tried a couple different styles and i'm the same way i tried the bass pros they didn't work 
you know, and I felt like the battery was kind of cumbersome at the top of my calf. I could always feel it yes. under my pants, and I was like, that's that's not comfortable. Yeah. You know, I got if, wool socks, though. You don't like those big, like, yeah, wool socks? Yeah, it's fine for around here, but, like, hunting in Missouri. Oh, well, nice. Yeah, when it gets cold, cold, I'm with you. I found that if you buy those hot hand yes. stick-ons yes. on your shoes, that's what I mean, I not your shoes, but your socks, mm-hmm. or those little toe warmers, those are pretty effective. And I'm kind of a knucklehead. Even when we hunted Kentucky, uh, Larry Minyard and I and his uh, brother Don uh, a few years back, I think it was six years ago, maybe seven, and it snowed when Hurricane Sandy went through, or Superstorm is what they called yes. it, because it was a wintertime storm. And I'll never forget, I had bags of hot hands, and I had those stick-on hot pads that went on, hot hand pads that go on the bottom of your socks. But I am... When I'm bow hunting, I'm rubber rubber boots. Yeah. I will not wear leather boots. Me either. You know, because you're trying to get in close, and if they smell you, you're done. And I don't care, you know, how, how hard you try, it seems to be that way. And that's when my feet would get cold because of the rubber boots. You know, rubber doesn't, uh, what is it? It's not a great, uh, Chris, Maintains what's the word? Heat. Insulator? It's an insulator. Insulator. Yeah, it's yeah, insulator. Yeah, it's insulator. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Insulator against cold, it's not, you know. Right. So sometimes I'll find myself like Scott. I'll put on, you know, one pair of wool socks and then I'll put another pair on and I've got to shove my feet in the boots, but it helps. The hardest part is getting the boot off and that can be a, a struggle sometime. But I got two sizes. I got a summertime boot and a wintertime boot. Yeah. I jumped up two sizes for the, for the wintertime. Oh, did you really? Yeah. To stick my, so I can, so I can wear wool, so, you know, so I can wear clothing. Yeah. I've got, I've got actually Huck and then yep. I've got Gill and the Gill boots are oversized. Uh, actually I was. I was given those by Jeremy Alvarez as a gift, and so those are a little oversized. And he bought them that way so we can put wool socks on, keep mm-hmm. my feet warm. But Sorry. you know that's one thing. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, fishing was uh, pretty good this week for me. I had to struggle a few times, but did okay despite the cold weather. Um, kind of looking forward to maybe if we can get offshore in the next couple of days because offshore bite's been epic. It was it was really good until yeah, until uh, we got in this in this blow here. Yeah, so. We can come back and talk about that. I found uh, I've got a client of mine that gave me these magazines from from New Jersey, and I brought one in, and I actually gave Steve Mullen one. It's New Jersey and Del- Delaware Bay. Okay. And it's kind of like our uh, Coastal Angler magazine. Yes. And I'll share that with you all. They've got some really interesting takes on, on cold weather fishing. And I see sheephead on Yeah, it's got a picture of sheephead on the front. And uh, the, the client told me he was going to send me a whole box of them pretty interesting take on some different things and and wanted to talk a little bit about the meeting i wasn't able to go this week they had the meeting at the town center um safmc south atlantic marine fisheries commission i wasn't able to go i had to stay home my wife's been a little under the weather so i've been helping her but um just want to talk a little bit about that and see what the population thinks about that so folks we're going to take a break right now give us a call at six Four one ten ten six four one ten ten. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz, sitting with Scotty Shank and Captain Ricky Papour and Chris Wayne spinning the hits, and we'll be right back. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street. I like it. Do it, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you. You gotta love Elvis, folks. You're listening to the Nimic Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. And I was just talking to Captain Scotty Shank and Cap- Captain Ricky Papour. Um, 
about the weather and the fishing. And night right now we're going to do a quick uh, tides and weather report. The weather, which has been kind of nippy on the bippy here lately, is brought to you by one of my favorite restaurants, the Bearded Pig. I went there this week and had dinner with my lovely spouse. Um, thank you to Doug Wenzel for the gift card during Christmas. Yes. That was very you, generous. Doug. Wasn't it, Chris? Indeed. What a shock. Beyond generous. Yeah, Doug, you're the man, buddy. You are the man. You are a good dude, buddy. Anyway, today, northeast winds 10 to 15 knots, seas around two feet with a dominant period of seven seconds. Tonight, northeast winds 5 to 10, seas around two feet. So it looks like it's settling a little bit. Sunday, southeast winds 5 to 10, seas around two feet with a dominant period of seven seconds. I like that. So Sunday looks like tomorrow I'm going to try to go offshore. Um, Monday morning, southwest, 5 to 10, becoming northwest in the afternoon, seas 2 to 3. Uh, Tuesday, north winds 5 to 10. And Wednesday, northeast winds 5 to 10, 2 to 3. So it looks like we got a couple of windows of opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you guys are offshore fishermen. I mean, you know, we can talk about that. Scotty, give me the tide report real quick. Tide report brought to you by our famous sub place, and that's Angie Subs. Oh, the best. But best, the Peruvian. What do we, what, uh, the Peruvian and the fries, or does he do tater tots? Uh, he likes the fries. He likes the fries. Okay. Yeah, the, what yeah. was that mixed meat sandwich you told me about in the truck? This See, morning? he'd never heard of a Dagwood before. Never Dagwood. heard of a Dagwood? Never. Well, he's a little young. A little young. You know, maybe that's, that's our, uh, anyhow, we were discussing. <laughs> us. He said, what the hell is it? It's a like Dagwood? an everything sandwich. That's it. It's I, like, thought, I thought it was a made up word, Scotty no, made up. It's like going to public, get the ultimate. That's Dagwood. Well, there was a there was a cartoon that used to come yes, in the funny that's right, papers, in the newspapers, in yes. newspapers, and yep. it was it was Dagwood, right, Chris? Da- yeah, Dagwood yeah. Bumstead. Dagwood, Dagwood Bumstead, and he always they would show him eating these sandwiches, and he would go in the kitchen to make a sandwich, and his wife would walk in there, and it'd be like six inches high. Yeah, yeah. And so they called it the Dagwood. It was as big yeah. as his head. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just anyhow. And we, he had a pretty big like head. Me. We call it a Dagwood. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Anyhow, Ty's brought to you by our good friend Ed, Ed Malin at Angie Subs. Um, low tide is actually coming up, Kirk, so, uh, 8 o'clock this morning uh, with a low tide this afternoon at 4.07. Um, tomorrow, uh, low tides, at, again, a good tide. It's 9 o'clock in the morning, high tide at 3. And uh, Monday... Uh, low tide at ten, and a high tide at what? Uh, four fifty four. I, I kind of like those tides. I'm in. I, I like that. I like it when the, the tides start going from like nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yes, I, I really do. I like the high outgoing tide, and the bottom of the low to the incoming. But the higher outgoing tides seem to be lately when the bite's been better. Yes. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but they brought another dredge in, and I, I was no re- way, really. You know, yeah, I was talking about it last Saturday, and with Jeff and Kevin, and I, I, I was very disappointed in the fact that they brought it back in. I understand they're, they've got to keep the channel clear. They're down there by the shipyard at BAE, oh, which wow. is at the you know the corner of the ICW yep. where the St. John's and the Sisters Creek and ICW going south yep. intersect. So they got a dredge in there, and he's up there digging up the bottom. I guess trying to make it more accessible to get those destroyers in and out of the dry dock. I assume that that's what that's for. Man, but, that's where you sent me for that trout bite that day. Yep. So, and the problem is, is, is that it's just stirring up the water and the water's filthy, you know? So I don't know. The fish have been, in my opinion, with the dredging that's taking place in the last couple of years, they've been affected by that. Um, I saw something Chip Davis posted last night when I was home 
going through the Facebook posts and I'll, I'll look at the Instagram posts sometimes just to see where everybody's at. And, and he said something about the bite's been off down in the valley. And I, I would attribute a lot of that to the amount of sediment that's suspended in the water. I don't know about you guys in St. Augustine. No, we've been fine. Really? Yeah. Scotty fishes to the south a lot, though. And I, 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 I've noticed this year, I don't know, I've never really paid much attention to it in the past. But right. for whatever reason, the south of our inlet has been cleaner, much cleaner than north of our inlet. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, to me, I always always attribute it to, or the same scenario that we would have if the three of us were sitting around a campfire yeah. and the wind switched and you're all sitting in your easy chairs and instead of the smoke going straight up, it it switches, starts yeah. blowing in your face. Or so what are you going to do? You're going to move. Yep. You know, you don't like it. And for fish, to me, I kind of look at it in the same context that when the silt's in the water and it's fine particles and it's real thick i i just i don't think they like it Mm-mm. i think they have a hard time breathing that stuff through their gills and they're like okay we got to get below yep. it go around it i know when i used to scuba dive i'll never forget i dove um singer island so we went up uh, out of west palm beach and i was diving with uh, bill crawford this is going back oof, 30 years ago and we decided to dive the pump house right there at fort pierce inlet and I'll never forget, we got dropped off at the end of the rocks because there was no parking down there. It was all residential homes, and, yeah. and you had to park like five blocks away. So we dropped all of us off. There was three of us that were going to dive. So two of us got dropped off with all the equipment, and we just sat there with the equipment until the third guy walked all the way back, and then we walked all the way to the end of the rocks, put our gear on, swam out to the end where the pump house was to the end of the jetties, and it was a high incoming tide, and we drifted the rocks up the river, and you know just for fun to see what was going on. And it was kind of neat. I'd never done that before, and you could hear the ships coming in and out. Long story short was there was still a lot of turbulence from a northeast wind coming through the rocks, and that northeast wind was kicking that sand through the through the jetties through the rocks. Right. The fish would never swim in that. So when you were diving, you know, you were in 20, 25 feet of water. The only way you could see fish is you had to get below it. And that's when it kind of hit for me that they really don't like this a whole lot. You know, when that silt was coming through, they would swim through it a little bit, but they would drop below it and get out of it. And if it got real bad and it started getting down towards the bottom, they would push out towards the middle of the channel Mm -hmm. to the point where you couldn't see any fish. And then you'd have to drop down a little further until you'd find them again. So I think, I don't know, for me – I think that's what they do around here. I don't like northeast winds. Right. I mean, honestly, I think, the, you know, I know we complain about it just because it chops up the river, puts you right. in a position, especially for us down, you know, down in St. Augustine area, the way our river runs, that mm-hmm. doesn't really give you give you too much to fish, you know. Right. Gives you the guana side kind of thing and, and go down south and get away from it. But, uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, I, if if you want to talk like that, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I've, I have been on the struggle bus many a day on a northeast wind compared to, yeah. you know, settled in, you know, even just a, you know, I don't even like fishing in it, but even just a little five to 10 is fine. But in, when it gets cranked up and it's blowing 15 to 20 and, mm-hmm. and all that, even, even in the summertime when that southeast wind, you get an afternoon trip or something like that and a southeast wind's blowing 20 knots in the afternoon with that sea breeze. Yeah. 
I've been on a struggle bus many a day, even with the southeast wind yeah. cranking like that. I mean that you know here you are on the jetties the day before morning time, regular time, and you know it's in fuego, it's on fire. And then okay, but what's the big deal? Nothing's changed outside of wind direction. For- and I go out there on Sunday, you know, the next afternoon, right. and not get a bite. And it's like, wait a minute here, wait a minute, nothing's changed. For me, it's the northwest wind offshore. I do me not too. like a northwest. Yeah. See, that's me. I'm the same way. Northwest wind. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have any reason other than that. it just seems to shut the bite down. I don't, I don't, I don't, I have really bad days on northwest winds. I don't know why. Mayport's kind of the same way. I don't know why. It's, it's funny how you look at these different variations of, of conditions. How it really does affect the fishing. And as a fisherman, I mean, if you're going out, I know a lot of folks are probably going to the boat show today. Um, and there's a boat show. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. But it seems that it, it is something that if you're going out, you've really got to check the weather in a couple of different ways, and that's one of them. I mean, in certain areas, it does seem to affect it, you know, and, and dredging is one of them for me at right. least. I mean, and we can talk about that after the next break, but I know the couple of days that I fished this week, because of that, it did affect the bite. I mean, it was very noticeable. I fished with Steve Mullen one day, and he had to get some boat maintenance done, and he called me up, and he said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm sitting around in the house piddling right now, and he goes, Let's go fish for a couple hours. I'm like, I'm in. And I grabbed a couple rods and I said, let's float fish, you know. I love float fishing this time of year. I really do. I think it's it's a lot of fun. If I can't get offshore and bottom fish. And um, we hit a couple places and one of the spots we hit, it was just super silty. And when we pulled up, it was like we both kind of looked at each other and he goes, man, it is really silty right here. And I'm like, yeah, that don't look good. Yep. And sure enough, I mean, we fished our butts off. Nothing to it. I mean, it really, and it, it, it does affect the way the, the fish feed. You know, you're either going to be in a place where they're active and, and they're, they're hungry or you're going to, you know, you're going to waste your time. Yep. So I think when you're out there looking around, you're plugging, I mean, you got, I don't know how many years of talent we got sitting in this, this booth right now, quite a bit. It, it means something, you mm-hmm. know, you got to really think about that. So agreed, you know, we'll 100%. talk about that. But after the next break, um, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about the the bite, and I want to talk about uh, procedures and, and how you guys fish this time of year. Yes, sir. I know that a lot of times we get talking about food and stuff like this on the show, and I think we've kind of been a re- reminiscent of, of not getting into the more of the fishing scene, and this time of year, folks are getting a little bit of time off after the holidays, so I want to talk a little bit about how you guys fish this time of year in cold weather okay. versus you know how I how I do it. And uh, we'll come back after the break. You listen to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. I'm Captain Kirk Walls. Give us a call if you have any questions, 641 1010, 641 1010. And we'll be right back after the break. I really like this song. That's why I played it. I know. Yeah. Just for you, Kurt. You know, I saw this guy. He played down at Disney one year. Oh, cool. And Chris, I, I come walking down with my wife and my granddaughter, and he was playing on a flamenco guitar. Nice. And I, I'm walking down through the through the Disney, I, call, I think they call it the Disney Village now. Yes. Okay. And I hear the guitar, and my wife goes, wow, there's a big crowd over there. And I go, yeah, there's a huge crowd. And we start walking down, 
and I could have I could have sworn it was him, and he was playing this song with a flamenco guitar, and I was like, "Oh wow, that is incredible!" I was awe inspired, and being a guitar player. I just want to sit here and watch the whole thing. And the girls oh, were like, bet. we want to go shopping. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, 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 you don't understand. Yeah, exactly. This guy is a, a virtuoso. He's I'll, great. I'll be here when you get back. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did, Chris. And they walked <laughs> off and they, they walked off a couple hundred yards and they came back like 20 minutes later. You're still watching this guy? And I go, yeah. Would you come with us? I yeah. thought you were with us. And I'm like, you nope. don't understand. This guy is incredible, you know? Yeah, I love Chris. What, what is a flamenco guitar? It's uh, Spanish, nylon string oh, oh, yeah, guitar yeah. Okay. so it's a, yep. it's got a a much much warmer sound to it yeah. um and and there are a lot of differences it's built really really differently but that you know that bullfighting kind of stuff that's flamenco yeah. i've seen him i just didn't know that and, it, and it's not this one wasn't electric he's just playing a guitar it has no pickups on it so really? yeah he had a microphone a microphone set in front of him oh. and it requires to, you know if you're playing this you've got to have good finger strength a lot. And most people have big fingernails that play this yep. that, I, that I've seen. Yeah, because uh, they use the fingernails for picks. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so to watch somebody do that, it's it's incredible to watch them play that and, and then get the sounds out of it and make it clean. A lot of times, I mean, I can play a guitar with my fingers, but it's not always as clean. Yeah, I'm terrible at it. Yeah, I, I can't. A lot of times I can't get the individual licks between strings to make it sound crisp. But when you have a guy that doesn't miss a note, it's almost magical. To see it that. is. It yeah. really is. Anyway. That's an awesome story. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Anyway, we're back to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter, and we were just talking about fishing. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that because I know Steve Mullen and I were talking the other day when we hit the water, and I said, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't care, you know, whatever you want to do. And I said, I want to bring float rigs. This time of year, I, I really enjoy that a lot. And it allows you, at least for me, and I think last year we kind of gave up one of our little secrets with a little rubber stopper. Yep. I use those thill floats. I got turned to those years ago, and I like them because they're more aerodynamic. They're a little bit more expensive. They're like 4 or $5 a piece. Buy them on Amazon, and it's not too bad. But I like the way they throw. Uh, I, I like the way they float. And to me, when you're float fishing, it allows you to cover a lot of ground in versus just throwing a jig and a shrimp out, you Agreed. know, or or dead sticking with a Carolina rig. Agreed. And so the other day when we went out, I, I told Steve, I said, I really want to kind of do some float fishing. So we went, we went all over the place. We ended up, gosh, we ran all the way from Mayport to Nassau Sound, and then we came all the way back. And, oh, wow. And fished Mayport, and we fished the St. John's River, and it took us – I guess we fished for three and a half, four hours. It took us probably three hours to finally find fish. Wow. So I was a little disappointed that, you know, it took so long, but it seemed like every place we went where there was dirty water, we weren't successful, you know, until we found a place where the water was clean. And And what was that, St. John's River? St. John's River. You know, incoming tide from the ocean. And we were probably, you know, we were back towards uh, the the intercoastal waterway where it intersects in there. Around where the old little jetties used to be, and that's where we finally found fish. And that's a great question. Let me. Ask, you, you just said something, okay? What is your hands down? What's your favorite time to fish? I, I mean, in between, you know, hours while you know your five hour five hour trips. I, if I got a four hour trip this time of year, I like the bottom, low tides at eleven. Uh, I like the bottom of the dead low to incoming. Really? Yeah, I want. I me want. Too. 
I want incoming water. If I'm inshore fishing. That's what nope. I like to. See, I'm totally opposite you guys. It seems like, at least in the wintertime for me, the bite seems to be better when you got an infusion of fresh, salty water. And I look at it from a couple of different perspectives. Like if we get rain, I have a salinity tester in the boat. Yep. And I'm sitting there and get goofing around. You know how you'll get your boat tidy and you're waiting for your folks. I try to get there 30, 40 minutes early. I'll stick that tester in the water and see what the the gravity, you know, I think it's 33 parts per million and see where it is yeah, to kind of get, you know, what the salinity level is. Right. And the other night we had rain, but it wasn't severe. You know, I don't know about you guys, but in Not Jack- much. Jack's Beach, if we got a half inch, I'd yeah. be shocked. Yeah. You know? It wet the roads is all it did. It yeah. drizzled a little bit, and then the wind blew real yep. hard, and you yep. heard it hitting the roof, and then it stopped, and yep. then drizzled a little bit more. So it wasn't a lot substantial. But I think because of that, the, the saltwater fish don't like that. And I don't know about you, Ricky, but I, I do. I like that inshore push of fresh water. It seems to to raise the salinity level and the fish seem to feed on that a little bit better. For, and I'm way behind you guys on inshore fishing specifically because I've, I've not done tons of it. Right. But for for me, the reason why I like the the low dead, well, one, my, that's what my granddaddy taught me when I was little. Mm-hmm. But but was where I fish, I like to fish the inlet around the bridges, places where there's strong tide. So I like to, I like to have that tide go slack or, or you know, be moving slow for the places that I like to a fish. crawl. Yeah. That's what I call it. I like to see a crawl. And I don't, I've never liked the high tide. I don't really know why. I just, I heard you say something interested me earlier. You said that you like the, the high outgoing tide. For, yeah. Is that for a specific type of fishing? Or? Yeah. I mean, this time of year I start out float fishing yeah. and it allows me to get closer to some structure that normally uh, you wouldn't get close to. I see. You know, like rocks or docks or getting tightened spots where, and and it gives me a chance to do a little R and D. But the problem with that, though, I don't know about. I'd only float if I got four guys. We ain't float fishing. We're oh, I'm, fishing I agree, a hundred percent. I gotta I have, have. I gotta have two or three good fishermen. Good fishermen. If I got four people, it's off the table. No, it's off the table. I mean, then then we are definitely. And I myself personally, like I threw out a time, I threw eleven o'clock out to you. I'm gonna start at this time of year, eight eight thirty in the morning, and I'm gonna fish till one. Yeah, crack of dawn. I like I like the last of the first hour of the incoming tide, but once it gets way up there, this mm-hmm. time of year, I'm out. Yeah. Now summertime, I don't care, dude. I mean, it's seven thirty in the morning because I'm flounder fishing. And That's see, all I, I like think, to do. I think the difference in comparison too between St. Augustine and St. John's River um, is that you have a lot more volume of water that rolls out of the yes. St. John's, and when that thing starts cooking, when you get, you know, we have six-hour tide, you get into four or five hours. By the time you hit four hours, it's starting to roll. Mm-hmm. And if you like fishing the rocks, or you found schools of fish on the jetties, which to me is the largest artificial reef around here between here and St. Mary's and all the way down to Ponce. It provides a lot of habitat, so therefore it can provide a lot of opportunity. Correct. And when it's rolling through there, you can't fish it. Mm-mm. It's almost impossible, you know. Presentation gets really diminished. Well, the biggest thing that's come out of St. Augustine, too, and, and you know it, Kirk, you fish down there enough with us down there. Yeah. I mean, every storm changes that inlet. Oh yeah. Okay. I that mean, bar uh, you know, so that much. North Bar will switch or whatever. Yeah. And 
I guys, I mean, I live on the jetties, and I mean, Ricky can tell. I mean, I live on my jetties. I love jetty fishing. Oh, I do too. And but the swell that lately has been coming through that area, it's virtually. I mean, there was no wind the other day. One, well, the day it was so foggy, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it was four to five foot sets. Can't fish it, and you can't. I mean, I was taking them over the bow, going out there. I'm going. It's fog. There's no wind. What? What in the wide world? You know, ground swell, and it's yeah. just a huge yeah. ground sea that's coming in there now. And that north bar is what's creating that now. Yeah, yeah, because they took it out. Well, and I, it shifted. It shifted a little bit more to the north. I mean, again. Well, that being said, with adverse conditions, what are you going to do? I mean, you're you're fishing St. Augustine. I'm fishing uh, Jacksonville. Right. What are you going to do this time of year? Well, then, then what then, techniques then are you shoot- going to use? Now I'm shooting to the creeks. So you're going to go to the creeks? I'm going creek fishing because our tide is still going enough. I can't main shoreline fish yet. What's your go-to rig? A jig head and a live shrimp. Quarter-ounce Qu- jig out. Quarter-ounce jig. Put a leader on it? Yes. And just a live shrimp. Now, how, and see, now I've had people hook shrimp differently. Like like Steve hooks his shrimp by the tail. Nope. I hook mine through the back and into the belly, so it kind of curls it. Nope. That's funny. We're all different. I, I'm I a tail guy right myself. You chip. hook it through the tail? Always. Just the tail. Scott, me and Scotty fish together quite a bit this time yeah, of year. Yeah, we have fun. And he 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 likes to hook his through the head. I go right through the mouth. mouth. Now, yeah. see, when I fish with with logs, Jeff does the same thing. If like if we go to the jetties and we're fishing shrimp, I'll fish it through the tail, and and Jeff will fish it through the head. And I and I always go why? And he goes because if you're fishing around the rocks, of course we're trying to get sheephead a lot of times. Right. Yep. Sheephead usually do they do but they bite the head off first. Yep. Is that your that's my that well that's, that's your thought my process. Thinking, but we, when we were talking about baits, like this time of year, like Captain Leon Dana, he's fishing mud minnows, catching a fire out of them. I would never even consider this time of year to throw a fish for a bait, whether it be a finger mullet or a mud minnow. My thoughts are water's cold. Their their metabolism isn't like summertime kind of thing where they're chasing and you know. I feel as though if they eat something big like that tonight, that there's no way that they're going to look at my bait tomorrow at 11. Mm-hmm. They're kind of full. Right. Water's cold. They'll take a little bit to – but when you fish a shrimp or – this is just me, a shrimp or a fiddler crab or something like that, it's it's they're getting a little something. There's not right. – it's not substantial, okay? Right. And – so I anyhow, think that's very true, though. I think that their metabolism, I, I think their metabolism slows down a lot this time of year. And I know there's going to be people that are going, "No, man, you're crazy, you're crazy." I, I, the I'm only the only fish that I would say might be different be a redfish. They you get up in those creeks, and if you find rat reds, oh, those are those are never ending eating machines. That's like mahi's offshore. Yeah, I mean that they're a rat red's just like a, they ain't turning down anything. I mean, yeah. it, if you put a hot dog in front of him, he'll eat it. Yeah, I think you're right. You I, know, I but mean, a, a legal fish or or or, or, or somewhat of an adult, a, tra- a trout, speckled trout, speckled trout, same way. Yeah, you know, I figure if they eat that one time, that they're really not. Now, don't get you wrong. We've cleaned plenty of fish and opened them up, and he's got, you know, four or five finger mullet in them. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, I'm I just in my mind. I'm sorry. I just look at the way I am mm-hmm. acting around the house this time of year. And I just equate that to the fish. That's just me. Don't go there, Kirk. I know you're fixing to go there. <laughs> Ricky's looking at me. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that paper page's full of food. It's going to be eaten, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, that's just me. It's and like now, that biscuit that was here a few minutes ago. I saw mine sitting there. I, I know yours just disappeared. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> I got to. Um, but now, like when we, it's a funny thing when now on my charters I have a bucket, and I'll put two or three dozen shrimp in my bucket, and it sits on the seat on right the there. on the seat. Yeah, uh -huh. and then you got and the rest of the live well. Yeah, I do the same thing. Well. I always and put I like a couple inches in there all the time, just sitting on their back live well. I go, dudes, dipping it. I mean, I got like 52-gallon buckets. Y'all want some? I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I think a, a lot you know, of people adopt different techniques when they're running just, their boats. I, I don't just, know about you, Ricky. I do the same thing. I keep a little small bucket, and I'll put like three inches in there. And I yep. always wear the rubber gloves this time of year, surgical yep. gloves, because I don't want my fingers to get wet and cold. It seems like if they get wet and you hit the breeze in this kind of cold weather, they get numb. Yep. You know, and that's when – stupid things happen you know you cut your finger or whatever yep. you get stuck with a I hook agree. or whatever so i always wear surgical gloves yep. but i'll put three or three inches of water in the bucket and throw a dozen shrimp in there and that way i can just get to it yep i, I learned it from scotty so I, I do the same thing. you do the same thing yeah you know so but anyhow i'm not prejudiced when i go in the live well i grab a net full of shrimp and i throw them in a bucket right okay so it depends on where i go and what i'm doing now when you go up in the creeks and you're throwing a jig and a shrimp. Do you like drift, or are you just like it? No, I like. I know very little. Oh, movement. whoa, whoa, whoa! That's why I go to quarter ounce. Let's just say, I I, I like the I like going into creeks when there's movement. Of course, so you want it bumping movement. along the bottom. I want it, and I tell the people just throw it towards the bank and let and it just swim, let it let swim it sweep, on down. Sweep, sweep it down. Don't don't put any English on it. Don't do anything stupid. Just yeah, don't twitch it. Just don't twitch. I just find a lot of people, you guys do that too. I find a lot of people, they'll pick up a rod and they'll throw a, a live shrimp and you'll go, just let it let it drift. Yep. And they're twitching it. You look over there and working like an artificial yeah. lure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I always said, don't do that. And they go, why not? I said, just let the, it's cold. They're not going to chase it in this kind of water. At least my experience. I'm just telling you, and he can vouch for it. I will sit there and tell him, quit. Stop. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. And you'll just watch this go on and go on. And I looked at him one day and I went, there's no way. I know these fish are here. So I said, hold on one second. And I picked up a rod and I threw it out there. Yeah. Doink, doink, doink. Bang. Here you go. Here's a 25-inch fish. And the guy goes, well, I've been throwing right there. I said, because you've been doing stuff. Yeah. I didn't do nothing. Working it like I threw it lower. out there. I stuck my finger on the line and I followed the bait going down the bank just like mending a fly rod and being in, you know, mm -hmm. being, you know, fishing some trout creek. Um, but bait-wise, I when I throw the shrimp in there, I have shrimp for different style of fishing. Does that make any sense? What? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that we all look at it from a different perspective, you know, but I agree with you. I think you got to let it just kind of do its thing, especially when it's cold like that. They're not going to chase it. I have my redfish shrimp. I have yeah. my sheephead size Which shrimp. Is, yep. Interesting is that this time of year, I'm high speed trolling. No, I get it. 18, I mean, up to 18 miles an hour. Well, hold that thought. We got to take a break. Gotcha. So, folks, if you got a question with these guys, we got professionals in the, in the, in the house go today. that far. You know, yeah, we do. Yeah, Give we've also call. got Scott and Ricky. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Very nice. Appreciate I wouldn't expect one. any less. Give us a call at 641-1010, 641-1010. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. And this segment is brought to you by CNH Marine Construction, folks. If you need your docks repaired, 
If you've got a bulkhead that's going south, give them a call. They'll help you out. I'm going south down in St. Olson. Yours is going south? Not mine, but I'm just saying. There's plenty of them after Hurricane Ian went through. That's what I'm saying. Down south, down there towards marine land. And God bless him. Bob helped me tighten up my uh, tractor trailer, too. I mean, Oh, really? Oh, man. He is the bomb, man. Okay. That guy's my hero. I still owe him a fishing trip. Bob, you need to call me sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we've got a caller on the line. Uh, Daryl wants to give us a barge update. Morning, Daryl. Uh, good morning. Good, good morning. morning, Captain Kevin. Good morning to everyone. Morning. Uh, or Captain uh, Kirk. I, I listen to your show every Saturday faithfully if I'm not sitting in the woods somewhere or trying to wet a hook. But, hey, I appreciate the call, guys. Absolutely. Uh, I've been working this week, past couple weeks downtown, uh, right near the Matthews Bridge, pretty much under the bridge. And, uh, then been doing a little fishing at lunchtime, just a quick 30, 45 minute drop in the water there. And, uh, I like it catching already catching a few of the yellow mouth trout on just dead tramp. You know, you can't carry a whole lot of fishing gear to work, but, uh, right. lo and behold, they moved the barge in there right under the Matthews bridge and started doing a little dredging up by the shore there. And, uh, kind of got them messed up, but I understand what you, uh, saying about the bar going out the inlet there, but uh, uh, just wanted to touch base with you. I know the guys have to do their work on them barges, man, but hey, you hate to see them when you see them rolling in. Shut the bite down for you? Yeah, they, they pretty much got it marked up, and they move further out in the water, and you can only get out there so far from the bulkhead there where we're working. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty deep enjoy- in that river right there. Yes, sir. Enjoyed a little bit of, you know, caught a few and turned them back loose, made sure they was fine before we released them. But, Y'all catch uh, any good size ones? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Captain, we called a couple. A uh, buddy of mine, Gary, went all the way through school with him out in McClinney there, and uh, we hunted and fished together. But a couple of them was a foot, uh, maybe thir- uh, 14 to 15 inch, but we're surprised. Now, are they a winter fish, Kevin, or do they mostly a summertime? Uh, yeah, this is Captain Kirk, but uh, yeah, they are. Um, you know, typically I call them weak fish because we seem to get an insurgence of fish from the ocean. We catch a lot yeah. of them around the rocks, and the ones that we catch a lot of times have that checkerboard, especially when they start getting 16, 17, 18 inches. They almost have right. a checkerboard gray-looking look to them, and you can call them gray trout or or weak fish. I know up north, yeah. you know, we were talking about it earlier in the show. I got a magazine from New Jersey here sitting on the table, and they talk exclusively of, about that species of trout. They call them weak fish up there. And There's they are. Kinds. And, and yeah, there are three different kinds around here. We have the what we call ocean weak fish. Yep. Then you've got the yeah, scales, uh, yellowmouth trout, and then you've got the speckled trout. Right. And they're all members <laughs> yeah, of the weak sure. fish family. But they seem to really shy away from when the water gets dirty and murky. They don't like it. Mm-mm. Yeah, we were wondering. I said, it's got to be the little dredge here, and it ain't no small one, man. It's one of them big monsters. We're like, holy cow. But, uh, yeah. look, guys, I hey, I, I don't think I've missed the show, heck, in probably six or eight months. And I, I get up every Saturday morning with that coffee going, and, hey, I'm, I'm on the radio with you guys, and, hey, we really enjoy y'all. And one last thing. Yeah. That song – that y'all played earlier, Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. I never knew the name of that thing, Kirk. But, man, I downloaded that thing on my – I got a new truck now, and I downloaded it off of YouTube with my phone, and, man, I had to play that thing three times. 
<laughs> it's a great song. A guy is a great guitar player. I mean, and I ain't gonna lie, the video ain't too bad either. No. <laughs> yeah, I, it would be awesome to see him live, like y'all uh, were talking about down at Disney World, but man, or Disney, whatever down there. But yeah, man, that was great. But look, you guys have a great weekend, and can't wait for the rest of the show and next Saturday, man. Well, Daryl, keep us updated downtown, man. I like those reports down there. I fish. I don't ever go that far anymore. I used to. I'll go as far past the Dames Point up towards uh, Trout River and in that area right in there. So I, I, I thought so. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I said, oh, these guys, hey, they serious fishermen. They don't get too too much further uh, up toward town. But uh, I hope I can catch one of those checkerboard uh, <laughs> this week and maybe give you all a report on that thing, buddy. Yeah, post up some pictures on our Facebook page, too. We'd love to see them. Yes, sir. Well, thanks, Captain Kirk, and y'all have a great day, man. Yeah, you too, Daryl. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you. All righty. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, that he, he brought that up because there was a big article in one of these New Jersey magazines about the, the weak fish. But, but to get back to what we were talking about, you know, I, I particularly find that this time of year, I will use a quarter-ounce jig a lot, but I do like to float fish a lot. And it seems like that presentation can be very effective. It's stealthy. It, it really is, even in the creeks. I mean, Larry Minyard taught me years ago, you know, and Larry is going back to, to the days when he was the first guy that I ever saw that had a trolling motor on the bow of his boat. Mm-hmm. And he and I became friends 20-some-odd years ago, and I remember Larry, I, I'd always go, Larry, how are you catching these, these, these bigger fish up in the creeks and stuff? And he goes, I'm using a little crappy float. I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm using a float as big as my thumb. And every once in a while – Larry, way back when, he used to be a little lot stealthy, and he would cut that stuff off his rods, or he'd put it under the gunnel so you couldn't see it. And every once in a while, he'd come into the boat ramp, and you'd see one rod with one of those on there, and I'm going, hmm, there's got to be something to that. So I started trying it, and it's it can be very effective. And then, like you said, it allows you to cover a lot of different areas in the water column, and it is stealthy. Mm-hmm. I like it. Especially when I have two people. One, if you make half a dozen drifts, two people, right? They make, you make a half a dozen drifts right there. If it don't happen, they, they ain't there. They ain't there. I agree. Time to move on. I'm Where, the same way. With a jig head, you know, it's kind of. You can give it a little more time. It's Yeah, because you're right. I mean, you're throwing straight at you. You're not covering a bunch of ground. But mm-hmm. like I said, with the guy in the front, I'll make him throw 20 or 30 feet up in the bow, let it come down. And I tell them both. Your stopping point is the midway of this boat. So you throw way up front, let it come to the middle of the boat. This other guy is kind of throwing mm-hmm. over that, and then open up your bail and let it drift back behind the back of the boat another 30 or 40 feet. Mm-hmm. So now I'm covering a wide 60 range of or 70 of feet column. of water. Yeah. You know, and if they ain't along that stretch, that's the whole reason I pulled up here. I mean, after half a dozen drifts, yeah. I'm out. But again, Everything has a different size bait for that, as far as shrimp sizes go. Yeah, I t- those big shrimp that you you know whatever. If I pull one out, he he becomes fish. I just throw him on the side of the boat. I don't need to use them. Well, I know that you know this time of year we're getting a lot of Gulf Coast shrimp. Yep. I know down in St. Augustine, I think that's all y'all get, don't you? For the most part, that's all we yeah. get. See, we get early in the season. We get a lot of local shrimp from the local waters, and they have the longer antennas. Right. They're a softer. They're a brown I, shrimp, where the West Coast shrimp are are are, are your uh, white shrimp. 
Yeah, and their and their exoskeletons are a lot thicker. Yeah, I, I like the West Coast shrimp. Now, some of the guys, I Steve, hate East Coast shrimp. and some of the other guys, don't like the West Coast shrimp. They like the East Coast shrimp. I think they're too soft. Yep. As soon and as I the have mango a, breeze on it, the shrimp's off. Yeah, there. I have a tendency to lose too many, and it drives me nuts. Yep. Is that right, Scotty? Did you say that right? The brown shrimp, brown shrimp, or our shrimp, or what's a what they catch in the river are brown shrimp. I'm right thinking now. they're white shrimp. No, I'm thinking so too. Look at their tails. And I was pretty sure you taught me that. that no, you look at the tails. The tails on the West Coast come, if you open up their tail, right. the very little tip will be green. Okay. That's a white shrimp. All right. And then if okay. you open up the brown tail or open up the white, uh, the East Coast shrimp and open up his tail, his tail's going to be brown. Okay. Because mm. brown shrimp don't get that big. Mm. Okay. That's why the brown shrimp are a lot sweeter than, the, to me, the brown shrimp are a lot sweeter than the white shrimp if you go to eat them. Right. Right. If you catch the ones in St. John's River... Throwing a cast net around Palaka and everything else, they're all browns. They're never whites. Trust me. Hmm. I, I'm going to trust you because I, I know you, you've you taught me pretty well everything I know about shrimp. I'm just I, telling I don't know why. In my head, I had it. I was the other way. I thought, nope, I thought nope, we had nope, the white nope, ones. Nope, well, nope, and I, nope. I, I particularly think it makes a difference. I really do. I mean, I like I the Gulf Coast shrimp because they stay on the hook better. Um, and their I, activity I, is more. I know, Steve. Steve doesn't care for him. He'd rather use the other one. I know we got to go to a break, guys, so let's take a break real quick. I know, this You're listening so to tough. the like Nimnik to Chevy it. Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by DuckDuckRooter. Give us a call at 641-1010, 641-1010. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz. Captain Kevin and Jeff are out on detail doing a little outdoor soil research. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz, and we've got a, I believe we have a ring tower. Is it a ring uh, tower tip? LB Hires. LB Hires. Your tip of the week. Trying to get my computer to come up, and it will not. I know, that's of course. stalling out, too. You know, it always happens when I'm sitting in the booth here, and I'm by myself. <laughs> I'm LB. trying to keep, but I can't open mine up either. Yeah, so if you need any retail fuels, if you own or operate an unbranded convenience store, they can help you make the best purchasing decisions. They can supply a network of unbranded sea stores in Florida. Um, they have fuels, lubricants, diesel exhaust fluids, tank monitoring. Give them a call at 259-2314. And this week's LV Hires Gear Tip is a product I came up with. Uh, I'm coming up on just about two years on a boat. You came up with this product? I did. You invented it? I came up with it, Chris. Wow. Uh, yep, yep. That's yep. All, I had no idea got, you dabbled in yep, chemicals. Yep. I've been watching a lot well, of Well, watching a lot of Tolkien and so I've got Actually, I've got uh, I do know, working in the garage now. I do know and, that you uh, uh, we came up with the with rust oleum. Uh, you're a funny guy, Chris. <laughs> oh, check I could, out my van. I could, I could Dude. Uh-uh. Dude. Righteous. <laughs> dude. <laughs> He's going to come up with a Cheech and Chong during the next break. Yeah. You watch. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Fuzzy dice and everything. But anyway, I'm doing a little bit of maintenance on the boat right now. This is yep. the time of year. I think you talked about it a little bit, Scotty. Uh, you know, props, uh, glass work, you know, if you got any fractures or whatever. And I've got some trailer issues. Um, and one of them is if you're soaking your boat in the water, and I have for the last two years, rust is going to be an issue. Yes. A couple weeks ago, I did the... The doggone rims and treated those and so far i've been really impressed with that that wet product that you put on the rims treated both sides 
and they still look brand new. And now we're going into three weeks, and typically you start to see that galvanization getting white, you know, where it gets that little bit of yep. crusty stuff in the cracks. That's not coming up, so I'm real happy with that. So this week I looked at the torsion springs, and they were looking really bad. So what I did was I took a five-pound maul and tapped to make sure there wasn't any rust caked on there. Yep. Lost a little bit, and we'll talk about that probably. That'll be another gear tip. But you put the stuff called Osfo on there, yep. and what it does is it turns the rust black, black. and waited a couple of days for that to set up. And then I took this rust oleum. It's called a coal galvanizing compound. And what you do is you put it over that, mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll seize that, that and bind that osfo to the to the torsion springs, and hold the rust off. You're not going to stop the rust, I don't think. No. But I think it will help hold it off. And I put two layers on it, or two uh, uh, two two layers, I guess, uh, a week ago, and then went back again on. I did a charter on Thursday. Washed them off at the boat ramp with fresh water. Let them dry when I came in in the afternoon. Spent about two hours putting about four or five more coats on it. So hopefully this will stop the rust. It's not expensive. You can get it at Hagen Ace Hardware. It's like 10 bucks a can. Yep. I would suggest getting a couple of cans and use all of it, yep. you know. Yeah, be be liberal about what you do. I mean, uh, I have friends of mine that are welders, and that's when they get done doing their weld, they'll – They'll scratch it with the little, you know, uh, wire brush or whatever. That's it. Hit it with a wire whatever, brush. And then come right back over with that coal uh, spray in it. I mean, yes, it's never going to prevent it, but it'll stop it. It'll slow stop it, it down. It'll slow it down. And if you if you're if you're diligent with it and do it enough, I think that it'll it'll seize it enough to where you're not having to worry about it so much. Agreed. Worst thing you can have happen when you're pulling a big boat is trailer issues coming home on the highway. I know all about it. I went through 18 wheel bearings in one year. Oh, that's a nightmare, brother. I know. Sounds like you had a warped That's uh, what we tried to tell them. I that's mean, we, we looked thought, at it. But, uh, yeah. Come to find out, it was just uh, because of the, the initial set of hubs and bearings lasted for two years. Right. But after that, I couldn't keep them on there. Yeah. And it's because of the, uh, uh, I don't know, the spindle. Right. get rusty. Right. And it would be rusty. You know, the seal is supposed to it's grease on one side, the other side gets rusty. Yeah. Well, when you if you don't tighten, when you put the new uh, hub on there, if you don't tighten the axle nut up. Right. After you run it for like 100 miles, like retention it. Right. Or re, re, it will. It wobbles. It wobbles, and that rusty part of the spindle will wear the inner seal out. Yep. And, blow it. And blow it. Start and losing. So I had water. Lubricant and yeah, bang. Day oh. one. As soon as I put it in, I'd have water inside my hub. And it took me a long time to figure this out. Even the guys at B&B, man. I, I finally threw in the towel after about eight or ten of them. Put a new axle on. No, we didn't put a new axle. Oh, we did do, do new spindles, though. Yes. There you go. That's spindles. what. That's what. Well, anyway, that's that's a good tip. Here's, uh, again, folks, just ten bucks at Ace Hardware. That's your LV Hires gear tip of the week. And I know Top Gun was down there when I was down there playing around there, beating on that trailer. So I know he saw me doing it and wondering, what the, what the, what's he doing over there? What in the wide world of sports is going on down? Morning, Top Gun. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Captain James T. Cook, (laughs) Captain Ricky, and Captain Scotty Shank. That's me. 
Are you? It, was good to, it was good to meet you at the Christmas party. It sure I'm was the same here. Well, yeah, it, it it's great. always great to put a face to the voice and the voice to the exactly, face. Exactly. Exactly. How are your family all good? Everybody's great. Everybody's great. Good. Yep. good. Everybody's going to uh, go to mine. Hey, what did you think all the new improvements down there at the Mayport Ramp, huh? What new improvement? Oh, you didn't see it. Man, they put in... Is it more Bahia? Oh, my gosh, man. They got more Bahia, yeah. Oh, man. They started growing cannabis over there, too, in the bushes, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Righteous! Come on, I don't know see, if I dude! Can that. But, yeah, no, Kirk, but, hey, no, Kirk they put... Uh, go ahead, Chris. I just I, said you noticed yeah, right. the cannabis. Uh, they put in lights. Ah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, man, they came in this week. That, so we've gotten... Uh, Jim has, uh, in an infinite wisdom, in the uh, the, the uh, I guess the charter boat associations or whatever, chipped in some money in the city of Jacksonville, and we've got the uh, uh, the dockmaster in his infinite wisdom has put in lights. Really? Jim, we cool. really appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. And so we got lights, down there. and they're going to put electrical nice. in, and then when I talk to the guys, they're going to put ceiling fans in. No nice. lights. Yeah. So we've got this brand new giant kiosk. Overhead to get out of the sun, we've got four, actually five brand new cleaning tables. Uh, Is that with, the Mayport ramp? Yep, with hoses and spigots and spray nozzles. Yep. Now we've got overhead lights, and they're going to put in overhead ceiling fans. Wow. Nice. Pretty nice, nice. huh? Dang, I big might move time. up here to Mayport. Upper crust, Queens Harbor kind Mayport's of thing. Mayport's making the big time. Woo, son. We Where is get... uh, Captain Favor? Kevin is on uh, outdoor show research with his father-in-law up in the woods, up in the Great Woods. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're hog hunting, and maybe we'll get a call this morning, a report on how that's going. I, I haven't heard. Maybe, I thought maybe he went to that Steen Hatchy place where uh, with his wife where you uh, pay all that money and sit on the back porch and don't hear anything. I don't get it. <laughs> well, number one, I you don't have to pay. I, you don't have to pay a lot of money. Yeah, and there's a lot of other things to do over there too. Fishing is one of them. You know. Speak well, of the fitter crab festivals coming up. I want to hear some owls and some coyotes or something. I mean, if I don't want to sit and not hear anything, I can stay at home. Speaking of owls, you know did you see that picture of that owl I, I took and we posted up this morning? I did not. Oh, yeah. Right there on our Facebook page. I was fortunate when we were working in the woods on Wednesday, and we were riding the four-wheelers down the road and, and, and had a great horned owl come up and land in a tree like right next to me. And I was wow. like, that is so flipping cool. And yeah. I thought he would fly away, and I got closer and closer because you're on a four-wheeler, and you're making a lot of noise. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're not known for being real quiet. And I looked up, and he just sat right there and looked at us, and I got a real wow. good picture of him. Yeah, so we put it up on our Facebook page. Owls are cool. Oh, they're great. I love hearing owls at night. Oh, that's so cool. I call them the, in. We got the monkeys. Yeah. Hey, I had one. I had one the other morning. I was. It was just before daylight, and there was no wind. It was just one of those mornings before the wind picked up. Right. And man, he went off. Of, oh no! It wasn't that. It must have been a squirrel waking up at the same time. Uh -oh. I mean, you talk about commotion. Oh, it sounded it sounded like a semi hitting that tree, and then all of a sudden, squee, 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 starts going nuts. No more squirrel. Damn, that was, yeah, that one just became breakfast right dead, there. Dead squirrel. Squirrel down. Squirrel down. Man. And how cool. about those How about those jags? Oh, yeah. How about that? Season. 
Great that was great. Man, I'm, I was sorry it ended, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping they'll be back next year. Oh, they will. They played, they played their hearts out, boy. It was great. It was so exciting to finally be in the playoffs. It was that a great was game. Great. It was I a- loved it. Loved it. <laughs> it was a great so, game. Hope, it was righteous. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was righteous. I'm dude. sure Logs enjoyed it, too. I know the guys were really excited. It was an exciting venue. I mean, to think that we got that far. Uh, yeah. That, you know, we've got the receiver core that we need. Yeah. We've got a, a a great quarterback. The coach is phenomenal. I think I think we're going in the right direction. 100%. I think so, too. And we got a great coach, I, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, coach of the AFC coach of the year. So. Oh, did he get it? He did. He did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's yep. great. Yeah, man. That's great. Yeah. He deserves it. He deserves it. Well, look here. Um, Bubba and Earl were sitting in the house drinking some moonshine. Ooh. Oh, and they, Bubba and, and Earl. And they, and they heard a knock on the door. And so who is that? So they get up and go to the door, and it's a mailman. And he said, here's your uh, Christmas catalog for J.C. Panay. So they took it into the, set it on the table, and they're looking through it. And they get to the women's section, and Earl said, man, look at these girls. They sure are pretty, aren't they? And Bubba said, they are. He said, and you know what? They ain't really that expensive either. (laughs) And uh, he said, I think when I get home, I'm going to order me one of them. And Earl said, well, let me know how you make out with that. So he leaves and goes home, and a couple of weeks goes by, and Earl ain't heard nothing. So he starts walking through the woods over to Bubba's, and he gets to Bubba's, and Bubba's sitting out on the front porch, and he said, hey, Bubba, he said, did you ever order one of them girls? I, I hadn't talked to you in a couple of weeks. And uh, Bubba said, uh, yeah, that's why I'm sitting out here on the front porch looking for her. She ought to be here any day now. And Earl said, well, how do you know that? And Bubba said, because yesterday a bunch of our clothes got delivered. LCS, baby! <laughs> oh, man. He's got to have a book. I would say it takes him six days a week to come up with Saturday morning. Love it. Hey, I'll take it, man. I, I agree, I'll take 100%, 100%. it. I see him down at the Mayport ramp all the time. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. All the time. I wish I had that opportunity like you do. Yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah. He's he's a good guy. He always comes down and talks, chats for a few minutes, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. We got time for this caller, Chris? No. Chris no. says take a break. Folks, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz. Give us a call if you have any questions or have a tip or tell us about your fishing this week. at 641-1010, 641-1010. We'll be right back. That's all I can ever say when I hear Stevie Ray play, play that. I know. It is just lick for lick. It's incredible, you know. Folks, you listen to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. This segment of the show is brought to you by Tire Outlet. 
Tire outlet. Don't be a dingbat like Captain Kirk. Dingbat. And, and take your car, truck, vehicle to Brand X. What a dingbat. Oil changing stations. Go to Tire Outlet. Let them change your oil. Fix your tires. I had tires on the boat fixed at my house. Mobile is it a, a mobile me, unit? Yeah, me and the wife had brand new tires, and they came to the house and did my 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 truck and my wife's truck. And I was two not hours. Aware of that. Oh, oh yeah, man! Ricky, it's oh, unbelievable. Dude, it's the guy showed up. The rolling pit crew. Yep. It, one guy. Yep. And it was um. Gosh, I'm gonna sit here and have it was Hector. Eight. No, 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 no. Mine was Hector. No, mine pretty was sure it was owner. Hector. And he pulled up, and I said, I want to change all four rims and take the old rims off and put new tires on. And then one of the tires was bad, and he tried to patch it, and he goes, it's not going to patch. It's got a bad spot. I must have hit a curb and peeled a whole chunk, like a scallop-sized hole, out of the yep. tire. You so dingbat. <laughs> being a dingbat. And so you could see the threads, and he was like, that's not going to work. He said, but I'll call somebody and have one delivered to the house. I'm like, what? I'm like, unbelievable. So then I have an epiphany, and I realize I have a – Another spare in the garage. I pull it out. It's in excellent shape. And he goes, I'll just take it off this rim, put it on the new rim. Did the whole boat in an hour and a yep. half. Yep. That's and, awesome. And it's yep. incredibly reasonable. Yep. I mean, it's not a lot. It has a balancing machine inside the truck. Balances your tires. I mean, oh, wow. That's cool. Oh, oh no, it is. It's everything. Gotta, There's just a one-stop shop. All you got to do is call, uh, call them up, yep. set up an appointment. They'll have a guy call you, and they set it up, and they come to your house and do it. Incredible. And the cool thing is that there's not just one tire outlet. They're no, all over the place. They're, they're the everywhere. Place. Yep. I mean, Yuli. Just not in Augustine yet. South oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They just don't have the mobile truck down in St. Augustine. We've got one in East Palatka. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's that's awesome. that's saying something. You yeah, got to. Right. Yeah. You got to go, folks. Anyway, let's anyway. go to the phone lines and uh, talk to Lawson. Good morning, Lawson. Morning, Captain. This is Captain Lawson up in Yulee. Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, got a couple of things for you. Sounds like uh, Mayport got their portion of the infrastructure money there, Kurt. You mean for the dredging stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you can call your president to thank you for that. I guess. I I mean I get it for the for the commerce. I really do, but I, I thought we were kind of I'm done playing, with it. I'm playing with you, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, yeah, I got you. You know the infrastructure didn't do nothing. But anyway <laughs> I'm used to Johnny it. on your scrimps. Yes, sir. You uh I am a shrimper and Yes, sir, I know. We talked your to brown, you your brown shrimp run out uh around April to June. Is when they run, and that's when we had the closed season, right? And the twelve mile offshore. So we, when they finally open it, the big boats actually do a little better offshore than we do because they start flushing, right? But brown shrimp here get as big; uh, they can get up to thirteen, fifteen. They're big shrimp. Oh wow! But we catch the tail end of them. Is why we don't catch as many big ones. Uh, the white shrimp move in, and they're your long whisker shrimp, as Captain Kurt was saying. Right. And when they move in, the brown shrimp will run and and leave. They it, it, they come in. I don't know if it's they're both in the same family, Panella shrimp. Right. But they one will run and push the other ones out. Exactly. And that's so, the cycle. So the white now, on the, the Gulf Coast. You have brown and white shrimp. 
but they are different looking than ours. Not they have a because they're shallower, but you also the shrimp that you get for live bait are usually called hoppers. Yeah, they're st- they have real short antennas, little, right? Well, they yes, they short and they got little lines on them. If you look at them, and they don't get very big, if you've ever noticed, right? They're hard back little shrimp. And we even catch them here because they've mixed. When people quit fishing, they dump them out. Yeah. And they breed, you know, migrate or multiply over here a little bit. Interesting. But our water's not the same as the Gulf. But uh, on your antennas, brown shrimp have short antennas. Your white shrimp have the real long ones. Because, like, if we dip you out some, if you ever go to the market and watch them open the cooler, They'll take the stick, pull the whiskers up, grab the whiskers, right, and set the shrimp in your in the scale for you, and it's called whiskering them. So that's white shrimp that we're seeing when they do that, right? You got white shrimp right now here. Now, what do the so, what do the bait shops around here use for live bait? Are they, are they browns or whites? Your browns are gone right now. So anything that comes in that's browns from the west west coast, okay. We have white shrimp over here running right now. Or I'll tell you back as far as I know, the whites are still. I know they are. The, the whites are still here, but they're small. But a lot of the bait people don't buy local. Sometimes they just have a because it's harder to catch shrimp right now. They they don't run as well, and fuels up and all the live. You know, it's expensive to run. So. Usually there's a transporter. I know a couple of them, they go over there, they take orders, and they deliver X amount of every week for the, like, San Augustine, right. down there where y'all are, Scotty. And, but that uh, usually ends in, like, it. October or November is when yeah, we local. usually see the, the, the local, we'll call them local shrimp, which are, which, uh, they catch out of the St. John's River in the drag boats, if I'm correct. Or that right, should be white shrimp. That should be your small white. Okay, because whenever I looked at their tails, their tips are brown. Yeah, they they'll start getting a green, and then we call them green tails. But it, it's I don't look at the tails much. I do just the shrimp. I mean, I've okay, looked, I always look at tails. That's why I just and, and the whisker. If the whisker's long, it's a white shrimp. Okay, I'm gonna remember that. I won't forget that. Cause, okay, because it yeah, seems cause like when you go to the bait shop, that's what we're getting: white shrimp. The li- well, the live yeah. ones we're using. Well, why aren't that now? When I get shrimp out of the West Coast, which uh, right now I consider the white shrimp, they're short whiskers. No, no, no. Their skin, their shell is so much harder. It takes takes all you can to poke a jig head through it. Okay, we call those hoppers. 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 Okay, where when okay. I get the local shrimp, if you put any pressure and you're not like being like holding onto the shrimp like really hard, you will rip his head off. What's that? Right. Those are white shrimp are like a a brown shrimp here that runs earlier. Right. They have the harder head but they're muscle shrimp. They are, and that's why they taste better too. If you take a five gallon bucket of brown shrimp, they weigh more than a five gallon bucket of white shrimp. Correct. And the white shrimp jump up when they flick Brown shrimp jump left to right when they flick, and they say they can jump up to six 
when they click one time, they can go 60 feet. That's interesting. Dang. Wow. Now, that's what, you know, when that's dragging and all, you, you drag little different nets for white shrimp because you want it over the top of them. And brown shrimp, you want the fish to the left and right. Interesting. They, they click left and right. Yeah, I'd always, they, they, I, they, I, I always wondered about that. You know, it's like they say swordfish and marlin, all of them can see two miles underwater. And it probably makes sense because we can see on land, you know, when the Lord made us, he made things comparable. So That's interesting. It's amazing. Let me ask you one question. Scotty brought this up a second ago. Why are those hoppers, their exoskeletons, so thick? I it's It's a tough little shrimp. I don't know. I think they're caught inside or in the grass. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the, I've never studied them. I know I've fished with them because, you know, in the winter, right. you're trout fishing and all, you can't find, and you have to use them. But uh, I'm not sure why that difference, if he's part of the brown shrimp, probably. Right. I've always wondered about that. Yeah, because we could talk forever on that, too, because I know yeah. that those shrimp over on the West Coast leave when they mud in the wintertime st- or summertime yeah, it gets when it gets hot. Because I believe, Lawson, they're caught in four to nine feet of water with... Yeah, they're shallow. With, like, drag shallow. nets or not, like, regular shrimp nets, the oh, wing right. nets. They, they they drag mainly the grass beds and real shallow here. Um, that's why you're... But now they do drag in the Gulf out there, offshore, you know, way offshore. Right. Like we do here. And I think that's where they get their different shrimp. I've never fished the Gulf Coast. I got friends that do it. But see, our shrimp over here, they they come from North Carolina. They go all the way down to the Cape, and then they turn around and go back. They never leave this area. Interesting. I didn't know that. Me the, either. And that's why we're closed during April and May. Right. Is to take pressure off of them, let them come into the rivers, into the... I can't even say the word right. Estuaries and stuff like that. Yes. And let them, you know, get a grow going. And that's why in June, your white shrimp are really, really small. And you still got a few brown shrimp. And it depends on the weather. It depends on the rain. You know, it depends on how much salinity is in the water. And that's one thing bad with the St. John's is all that dredging they've done has brought, people don't realize, it brings more salinity into the river for every foot they go down. That's right. Yep. That takes fresh water and pushes it further down the St. John's yep. where it doesn't belong. And that's a lot of the reasons ecologically or ecological. You don't have the fish and stuff that you once did one place. Mm-hmm. They're getting pushed. Hey, and it's we, really not good for the brackish water system. Lawson, I, I want to ask you a couple more questions. Would you mind holding on after the break? Yes, sir. Yeah, hold on after the break. we got to take a break real quick, and we'll come back. i got a couple questions I wanted to ask you. Folks, you're listening to the Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. This is Captain Kirk Walt sitting with Scotty Shank and Captain Ricky Pepore. We'll be right back after this break.
Folks, you're listening to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. This segment is brought to you by Claude Nolan Cadillac. If you're looking for a new used truck, car, give Mark Helmick and his folks a call at Claude Nolan, right there at 4700 Southside Boulevard. The number is 677-8806. And we were just talking shrimp a minute ago, and I'm, I'm really interested about this. Uh, Lawson, we were talking yeah, in the studio just a minute ago. How does that migration work and spawning pattern with shrimp? I mean, you're talking about salinity, and that that's going to definitely p- play a factor in that spawn cycle. Do they spawn up the St. John's River in freshwater and then push out into saltwater? How does that work? As far as I know, that's what they do. You, When you take your 13, 15, and you buy them, and you see these little white things on their legs right. or mixed in your bag, that's actually shrimp eggs. Now, okay. I'm not the best on how it starts. I don't know if those wash in, like everything, you know, your kings, your uh, Spanish grouper. You know, everything comes in and lays eggs because of the salt and fresh. It, it can't, I'm not going to say it came because you got offshore fish that stay out there. There's something about the river that does the salinity and the brackish that helps them start their growth, I guess. I'm not, I guess Dr. White would know, right. he would know all that. Uh, it's, it's a process. The problem with the salinity coming in is people, that's why when the shrimp ran down in Palatka and on you know how far they were catching them, right? Is because you're you're pushing that that storm actually helped us a few years back to beat us all up because it flushed that St. John's by pushing that water out of there. Mm-hmm. But you got Ocala and them sucking millions of gallons out at the bottom end to send down to South Florida. Right. And that's really not good. I mean, when you talk about save the river, I think there's other places they ought to sometimes look about what's going on, but I don't get into that. That's well you're not gonna feed it. It's all about economic political. impact and, and trying to bring those big ships in, those Panamax and those right. post Panamax ships in. So you got more freight coming into port, so you have more jobs. And I know that's how they look at that a lot, but I, I agree with you. Sometimes we've got to look beyond that into the crystal ball. Um, one of the other questions we had a little while ago, too, while we are on break, and, and, we had, and I've thought about this for years, I love rock shrimp. When I lived in Cocoa Beach back in the 70s, and yes, I'm that old, um, we used to – Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we used to fish a lot in Port Canaveral, and I actually worked the scallop boats for uh, a month when I was down there. And some of the guys would go out. That's a tough one there. Yeah, it was. It was hard work. I learned a lot. And those guys did rock shrimping a lot in that particular area off there. And I know I've talked to Tim Carney's son, Zane, who works with uh, some of the guys out of Mayport. And how do do they spawn? Why do they they hang out in deep water? And how do they catch those things? That's. As far as I know, they drag on them. And it was a big thing, you know, at one time. You could get them everywhere. And then I think they permitted it 
kind of like us on the river. Right. And I know they're deep water, and I don't know much about uh, much about their how they do. <laughs> right. Because you know they taste like a little lobster tail. You can fry them; they're good. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. But, I think uh, they're delicious. Yeah, they're, they are. They're, they're awesome. kind of a pain yeah, to, to, to you know, eat, but, man, they're delicious. Whatever you said deep water, are we talking 70 feet? or No, like, no, no. No, they get no, on out ledge. there where oh. it's dangerous. They, Whoa. It's yeah. like the big pink shrimp. Yeah. Those you can eat like butter. I mean, you don't even have to cook them. They, they are the royal reds. Yep. They are like a butter. I mean like a sushi of of shrimp you you boil them they they have a such a sweet butter taste you don't taste any shrimp in them right but the problem with them catching that stuff offshore one they have to run a good ways and it's very dangerous because if you hang down on one side you've got to be able to cut the gear on the other side it's it's an art out there because it, if you hang down in one net and spin that boat around, you'll flip it over. Yep. It's it, it's a very tough fishery. Yeah, I know. I talked to Ronald that runs the Sea King, and he was telling me a little bit about it one day. I was standing on the side of the truck, and he said they were trimping in 300-something feet of water. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of cable and, played out. And that ain't that deep on some of them boats. Really? Uh Yes, sir. We have some of them slab boats you got from uh, Maryland's there, and what few are left at Mayport because y'all look like we do here in Fernandina. They they can go in there, you know, depending on the water they're fishing. That's why those doors are so huge. They've got to get them down to the bottom, and when you got that much water or that depth out there with your cable, right. It's like putting an anchor out. It's six, what, six feet to the foot? Yes. Right. On our captain's test, yes, sir. So you think of you trying to get a net down on the bottom, and th- even 300 foot of water, think of how far back that is on the cable. Oof. Yeah, that's and back. We're talking 2,000 feet. Yeah, and if you got your gear down there, and, you know, a lot of that they have marked. But some of the, they, oh yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, There's I don't no know. I never, I never fished more than twelve miles offshore, right here, okay. and like the brown, Scotty was saying about brown shrimp, they run over in Texas. It's just a different, I think, a different breed of right. shrimp. They're, but they're still browns and white, right? Okay. But we, uh, ours are part of the. From what I understand, the Panaya shrimp, if I'm right. saying that correctly, is R2 shrimp or the white and right. browns. But well, Lawson, we appreciate your due diligence out there and yeah. your hard work. You I enjoy eating awesome. our local shrimp. I really do, and we support you Aren't guys they? as much as we can. I go, I go to Safe Harbor when I can't get it right off the boat and buy it from them. And I, I know you guys work hard for what y'all do, and we appreciate that. And me and Kevin appreciate and you, you in the summertime. Yeah, <laughs> thank y'all and. I enjoy the you talking about Singleton's because that's the only place in my family to go if we're not cooking it. Yep, I it's go there, there a lot. to eat because yep. it's wild call. Yep, that's and right. 
Well, look, we got to take a break, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, Cap. I got one more thing about your trailer, but I'll call you next week. Yeah, call next week and and hit us up with that. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. All right, Lawson. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. See you. Folks, got to take a break here on the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Uh, Give us a call, 641-1010. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks, to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. This segment is brought to you by Steenhatchie River Club. So if you're looking a little, a little getaway weekend, want to go sit over on the Gulf Coast, watch the sun set into the ocean, into the Gulf of Mexico, which is a beautiful thing. It is. Uh, I've done that at the Paradise down in Boca Grande that Mr. Mike let us go stay at. It is beautiful. They have cabins spacious brand new boats to release they have a charter boat guide they work with want to have a little getaway it's what three hours from here yeah yeah. if that give them a call at 352-498-3222 and book a reservation for a weekend i think we're going to go over here in the next month or so great tommy the year to do it i want to go over there and sheephead fish yes i want to do it once i heard it's a cool it'll, it'll it'll blow your mind my my God bless his soul. My buddy Eddie Smith used to go over and he used to tell me, he said, it is so much Kirk. It is so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed here, of course, now it's hard beating the snapper off trying to find a sheephead. I, I did some R&D for the El Cheapo here about a week ago and hit some of my nearshore wrecks. And I couldn't get the bait down past the snapper on the chickens to catch a sheephead. But when you can find them in 30, 40, 50 feet of water, Man, that is so much fun. On a light we're, rod we're, like that? I, I didn't even think about that. We're going to be over there at the perfect time. Oh, it is so cool. Never crossed my mind. Now oh. I'm all excited about it. Oh, <laughs> When are you going? We're going March. Uh, late March, right? March 25th. Yeah. So we're going to go over there and, you know. Well, I don't know about that one. Well, you know now. Yeah, Maybe you well, need to check into it. I don't know. Be in the know. I, nobody knew. I didn't know. Well, now you know. Okay. Let's find out. Look into it. Okay. I, I, I found know. out the same way you did. I didn't get invited. I, found, I didn't get invited either. I just found out about it. I was like, hey, i like to go, you know? Okay. Yeah, so. Okay. We're taking our boat? You got to have thick skin around here, brother. You can't. I didn't. I'm not. Yeah, I just you didn't have know anything was going on. You know? It's not a big I, deal. It, Dude, it's so much fun over there. But anyway. It's stupid. It's stupid fun. I tell you, the other day, and, and kind of get back to what we were talking about earlier, I did do some R&D trying to find an offshore sheephead. And my buddy Craig Smith that fishes with me, you know, uh, God bless him. He and I fished years and years ago, and we've kind of hooked back up again, and we're fishing again. And he goes out with me every couple of weeks. And the other day we got out, and he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, let's fish inshore for a little while. Let the sun get up. Yep. See if we can pop a few sheephead. And I said, I've got some nearshore wrecks I want to explore, and I haven't fished one in over a year. I think there's sheephead on it. So we ran down the beach, and it's about 55, 60 feet of water, and we got, got over the top of it. And I, I was marking them. I could see them down there, and the water was freaking cold. It's 56 degrees, maybe 57. That greeny color? It's, I don't think sheephead care as long as it's clear, you know, but it was cold, you know, and it was a cold, kind of a cold day, and you could tell it was going to warm up. And so I'm of the inclination when you're fishing deep like that, they're going to eat a shrimp or they're going to eat a fiddler, and I don't just put one fiddler on. I usually put two. Yep. 
And then if I've got clams, I'll put a clam down there. They love a clam. Or I'll put like a quarter ounce uh, piece of, uh, um, I'll put a quarter ounce piece of blue crab down yeah. there. And I'll drop that down. So we're fishing and we started out, Craig hooked a couple. I think we caught a knothead porgy off of it, which I'll eat in a second. Gosh, those white bones are awesome. They are. And then we caught a couple of sea bass and then we caught a, a, one chicken. And I was thankful there wasn't any snapper on this. This is pretty close in. This is within five miles inshore. And so we're sitting there and I hook up the first one. It's a good one, six, seven pounds. And this time oh, of wow. year, you're catching a lot of what I call bucks, the little ones. Uh-huh. The, one the, to four pounders? Yeah, the one to four pounders. So this is a six, seven pound fish. And, you know, 50 feet of water, it's fighting me tooth and nail up like a trigger fish does. And get it up in the boat and we put the net under it. And Craig's like, that's a good one. You know, that's great. So we drop it in the boat and I drop another double fiddler down and it hits the bottom. And, you know, sheephead fishing, sometimes you're just sitting there waiting, you know, you're concentrating, you're focusing on the tip of the rod, but you're waiting. And we were talking back and forth, bantering. And all of a sudden this, I felt the thump and I set the hook with my bait caster. And I'm telling you, I didn't have a good grip on it. And I bobbled it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. I almost threw the whole damn thing in the water and he's over there laughing and he's like, you got it. And, and it, I'm doing the, the jumble, yeah. you know, trying to get my hand back on it again. And I grab it. He pulls down real hard. <laughs> I could tell it's one of those where you set the hook and it's almost like you've got a cinder block on the yeah. bottom. Yeah. And then you feel it pumping down, you know. And I got it up a couple more turns and then he spit the hook. I was kind of bummed out. but Probably a 10-pounder? I, I would suppose probably in that range, you know. And I've caught them bigger than that offshore, but. But they're there. We you don't have that down in San Augustine. Six, seven pounds are tops. My biggest, my biggest sheephead to to date was uh, the March, late March right. on Nine Mile Reef, right, with a vertical jig, a big one too, like yeah. a nine inch long jig. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've caught them like that too. It really surprised me. I wasn't expecting to catch that. I, I, you never know. You I mean you just never know? That's what makes I think it's so interesting all the time. But a lot of times when you're out there, that's fun because. My experience with catching them in deep water like that is if they start to bite, they hit it hard. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a hard like thump. Agreed. And you can, it's like a trigger fish. You'll feel it tick, tick, yep. tick, and all of a sudden you feel that heavy bump, and you'll set that hook, and it's like, oh, that's a good trigger, you know? That's why I tell my clients. It's not like catching them inshore where it's like, was that a bite or not? Yeah, they tickle it. Or offshore, it's boom. They want to eat it, yeah. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Mark. Morning, Mark. Good morning. I was wondering if y'all had heard – it comes from a pretty reliable source that a boat was caught with 31 snapper at Sisters Creek. I don't know. I ain't I, heard nothing about I that. I talked to the FWC folks quite a bit and hadn't heard anything about that at Sisters Creek. I, uh, I, you know, I was, it comes from a pretty reliable source, and they were asking what was going to happen to those guys. Man, probably get a Their ticket. Boat. Yeah. get a ticket probably a good one too. 500 per fish you know i i don't know what it is Ooh. i don't know what the fine is but i know that you know well, you you if you I poach they were to take their boat and their trailer oh yeah i don't know i've i've heard that and i've talked to these guys i mean they're not going to take your boat and trailer if the bank owns it no you know? no 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 but they're going to seize um, it for right then and there they They'll could impound it I, I guess it depends on the circumstances. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about that. I'd have to talk well, to a they law did, enforcement no, officer. They did was, I was heard that they wrote them a summons to appear. You know. Yeah. And then there was another group of guys that were caught with nine redfish. 
that were illegal because they were undersized. Yeah. And they had one about nine inches long, supposedly. And they they went to write them a summons to appear. And one of the guys on the boat already had a summons to appear. And it was the illegal immigrant. He probably went to, might have gone to jail at yeah. that point. Yeah, that's what I thought. All they did was write him another ticket. And he, like I said, it comes from a pretty reliable source that, that they all they could do is write him another ticket for a summons to appear. Yeah. I don't know. I, I You know, I've got reliable sources I talk to in, in regards to that. I, I, I know one thing. It, it, it pays to know the regulations of your fishery, whether it's fresh or salt water. It pays to go That's on to myfwc.com and look at the regulations and find out what's legal and what's not. You can actually get an app on your phone now, you know, fish yeah, rules. Yeah. Yeah. Download well, that on your phone and it'll tell you what's what's legal and what's not. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I fish by the rules and think everybody should. There's yeah. a reason for them. But the problem is the people that don't do it are yeah. getting away with a slap on the wrist and well, I don't think that's the guy that went out there and caught 31 snapper. I don't think that was his first time. Well, I, I'm sure. Supposedly, had two that were like mule snapper. My knowledge of our FWC officer, and I know quite a few of them and, and, and friends with them, and we talk frequently that you're going to get uh-huh. a fine. And if you're going to get a ticket, you're going to have to pay that ticket. And if you don't, the, you, you might be filling out the hurt feelings issue form later on because yeah. your feelings are going to get hurt if you get another ticket and uh, it could be substantial and I, I look at it this way i mean wh- why would you do oh. that when you're going to have to pay i don't know fifteen hundred dollars in fines <laughs> and become a target when you could go to ruth chris and take your lovely wife three or four times for that money it's a no-brainer it's a wow. no-brainer it, just it, don't do it yeah i mean the whole point is on top it, of it you're you're only embarrassing yourself like you're saying right now, if That's it comes from a reliable hear. source and you know who that guy is, when you see that boat at the ramp, you ain't going to say, dude, there he is right there, really loud. I mean, come on. Yeah, we do. Well, That's what I want to do. And I heard that FWC prints out on their website their the citations they give out. Right. And I was wondering if y'all knew where that website was. I don't know. I know There's some of them. I, are, I do know this, Mark, out. for a fact that they listen to the show. And I know one of them is listening right now. Maybe he can let me know uh, via text. Uh, maybe we can throw that out there. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, just don't break the law. You know, it's just that that's, simple, you know. That's what it makes me mad that guys like us that go out there and spend all our money and time and, and buy licenses and do all the things right, and this guy gets caught and gets off with, a, like I said, a slap on the wrist. I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I'm sure it's more than a slap on the wrist. I can guarantee you that. You know, and if you have to take a well, trip downtown for too many of those uh, those little tickets, that's going to really cost you. Yeah. Well, I, I was told it depended on the judge they got when they got down there. They could get a judge who knows about fishing and says, hey, you know, this yep. is wrong. Or they could get a judge who's never fished in his life and is like, you know, what's that? I don't that know. That really hurt. Well, look, we got to take a break. That could All be right. a topic for a discussion you. another time. Appreciate it, Mark. Appreciate, appreciate it. the update. Folks, right, you're listening bye. to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. We've got to take a break. Give us a call at 641-1010, 641-1010. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz with Captain Shot, Scotty Shank and Captain Ricky Papora, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Folks, welcome back to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. In this segment here, we have the 
Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Yes, sir. If you're looking for some equipment to redo your land with, uh, you got to do a fire break, you need a generator, whatever, give Ring Power a call for sales, parts, services, 737-7730. And this Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week is the Jacksonville Boat Show. Is this yes, weekend. Today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Um, today, I think they open up at 10 o'clock. Go down there. All the new boats are going to be down there. I know Whalen Bay is going to be represented. Whalen Bay is down there. Atlantic yep. Coast Marine. Yep. yep. Um, consignment boat sales, usually guys down there. Our yep. buddy guy from Mayport. I know a lot of new models have been brought out. I know Pathfinder's come out with a new 24 Open. Really? Yep. So it's part hybrid bay boat, part open Deep okay. V, so okay. interesting. That, that 27 opens a really nice boat. It's a beautiful boat. Um, so go down there. Check it out. It's at the Prime Osborne Convention Center today, tomorrow, and Sunday. we got our other co-host on the line, Jeff. Good morning. Morning, boys. Good How morning. are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm sitting here watching the uh, the birds fly around the terminal here at the air, at the airport. Nice. Inside the term- yeah. terminal? Yeah, I'm inside, man. There's birds all up in here. Cover in, your head, man. In, in, inside I the mean, terminal? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was a kid, man, give me my red rider and we'd have a we'd have a really good fun. It's got to be like sparrows <laughs> or something like that. I don't know what they are, but uh but I can tell you one thing, they sure are very hungry every time somebody leaves something just a little bit on the floor or has like a breakfast muffin or something. The the uh, the swarm rolls in. That's funny. It just literally just starts picking up everything off the floor. It's I'm, funny, man. I mean, how many birds are you talking about, Jeff? Yeah, about a half a dozen of them in here. I mean, enough to have you know a, a good deep fried meal. Sounds like a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> That's kind of uh, weird. Now the the, re- the other thing I was going to bring up: uh, Have you guys noticed the number of birds around the beaches and all that, Kirk? I don't know if you've noticed that, Scotty, Ricky. No. Oh yeah. I haven't. Well, well, you know, Kate has bird feeders outside the kitchen window. So we have sunflower seeds. We have a little roosting spot for the squirrels. We have 10 squirrels. And we have a book by the window to identify all the birds. So we see a lot of birds around our house. Yeah. So, by by the way, folks, if you've got a bird feeder, you're also feeding the rats. Oh, yeah. Tree rats. Yeah. Just be, just be, no, I'm not talking about tree rats. I'm talking about rats. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Beach, the little beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're there. so Carly caught one a couple weeks ago. She jumped on it and stomped yeah. on it. Yep. You're yeah. going to have them. If you don't have cats, just uh, get ready for the reality that if you're feeding the birds, you're feeding the rats, too. Um, a lot of people and that, means, oh, and that means snakes, too. Yeah. Uh, yes, because where there's rats, there's snakes. Uh, so you can buy Taylor a cat? Uh, no, no, we're, we're, we're not, we're not doing cats. And she's actually wanted me to get a barn cat for up in Georgia. And I was like, no, we're, we're not doing that either. Yeah. They pee all, all the rats. Yeah. 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 We're not, we're not, we're not doing barn cats, but the birds around the beaches, they have literally been there in swarms. And if anybody has driven down towards like Wana, uh, the amount of birds that are in the air are just unbelievable. And the reason they're there, the, I guess the bugs that are out and about now around the coast is just astronomical. I mean, it's like I, it's dragonflies like and stuff? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes? I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what they are. I, I mean, tell you what, our, our yard, 
has got mosquitoes in it. I mean, if I get out there and it warms up a little bit, my wife's very susceptible to bug bites. So Kate, yeah, it wasn't it's, the, the bugs I'm talking about aren't they're not mosquitoes, but they're they're a flying bug of some kind, and they get at certain times of the year they get. I mean, like really numerous, and right now they're really numerous, and so the amount of birds that's flying in the air. I mean, they're literally on the feet and Fred's and at times. These birds are like buzzing your head, and they don't care. I mean, they're just literally having having a total gorge on these bugs that are in the air. Huh. So, if you're wondering why all these birds are around the beaches and all that, I'm not talking about seagulls either. I'm not talking about seagulls. I'm not talking about pelicans. I'm talking about like Tweety birds flying in the air. Yeah, like uh, yellow-bellied sapsuckers. Yeah, and yeah swallows, swallows, and and we got tit mice over at the house and then we've got those uh, little finches english sparrows and then there's one other one it's called a um oh gosh uh, a wren yeah the, those little wrens mm. seem to be all over the place and then we got the red yeah, birds, well cardinals i i was listening to a little bit of the brown shrimp shrimp white shrimp thing so I mean, we don't need to get into bird identification because you guys are way off base on all that stuff the only thing i know that <laughs> flew into the yard the other day jeff that i mean is probably the most outside of an eagle. Is probably the most gorgeous bird there is. Is one of those full grown woodpeckers. I mean, he was pileated. I guess whatever. He was eighteen, twenty inches. I mean, he's big woodpecker. Yeah, the big redhead. Yeah. And he flew into a tree right there. They're cool. I was on the back porch. I and, love those. Oh my gosh! I mean, just I mean, a gorgeous. I mean, just red as red can be. Jeff, did you uh, see yeah. the video of the eagle? Yeah, I did. I did. That was pretty cool. Um, I, I know we haven't put it up on our Facebook page or anything yet, have we? No, I don't think Tara's uh, done that yet. Yeah, it's kind of hard to put up video sometimes on, on Facebook, but what Kirk's talking about, a bald eagle is up in the tree, and, and I don't know what kind of fish you guys threw back or, or maybe a, a mullet or whatever you guys threw it out in the water, and he came down and said, free meal, I'm here. One foot. We threw that, that uh, we had hooked one of those little uh, sand perches. Mm-hmm and mm -hmm. flipped it over on the edge and he was sitting up in, an, in a tree and steve goes watch this i bet he'll eat it and i said go for it and he flipped it over and it hit the bank and he wheeled off that tree and hit it with one leg and yeah oh yeah it was yeah, it was so, no problem it was so cool it wow. was very cool yeah that is cool it's uh it's it's so unique right when we see bald eagles here because you don't see them all the time but I remember a few years ago when we took a family trip to Alaska. It's literally, they're, they're everywhere in Alaska. Um, I, it's almost like there's hundreds of them that sit around and hang around all these different port towns or whatever that's, uh, that's that so you cool. go to in Alaska. It's like, oh, my gosh. That's cool. It's like yeah. crows around here. We yeah. have a lot of crows on the beach. Yeah, if people can imagine like how you see a regular crow around our areas, that's that's what it's like in Alaska for for bald eagles. I mean, they're everywhere. It's just uh, it's pretty cool, actually. Beautiful bird too, yes. by the way. Beautiful bird. It's nice well, to hey. see them in a nice place like that. Like the Putnam County landfill is full of them, but it takes a little something away from them. To see them sitting on a trash yeah pile. on a garbage dump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Go there. yeah, yeah. The national birds yeah. eating out of the yeah. dump. national bird. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean they are they are definitely uh, you know, they're predators, but they're also scavengers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So a, lot, a lot of people don't like the they don't like to think of a bald eagle as being a scavenger. Well, who was it that wanted to Ben make Franklin, the, the American Benjamin the American Franklin, turkey, right? That's right. Benjamin Franklin did not want the national bird to be the American bald eagle. He wanted it to be the wild turkey. Yeah. Thank thank goodness it wasn't the wild turkey because you can <laughs> can you imagine what that. 
would have done to turkey season. We yeah, wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be hunting them. No, you would have no. stirred that nest. That wouldn't have happened. Yeah, thank God cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> yeah. 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 We can't eat that. And I don't think you can call it. Can't eat the national anyway. bird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that wouldn't fly. No, no. So, hey, anyway, great football game. Congratulations. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah, fun it was to watch, fun. man. You know, a few hiccups there. Uh, man, they I played mean, good they this year. They had a great year. They did. They had a great year. They had a great year. And, and uh, kudos to Doug Peterson and the players and, and all staff. I mean, it's a lot of hard work that, that goes into that. And, and those guys give up a tremendous amount, sacrifice a lot, just to be able to do what they do. And, and family kind of comes at the at the other end of that to where they have to sacrifice time spent there. So, I mean, kudos to them. And I know they're all getting a much needed break and, and they deserve it. And, you know, the great thing about this year is, man, it just makes you excited for the future, oh. you know, just get you pumped up and you're sitting there thinking that, you know, gosh, you got a quarterback, you got a coach, you know, and now you feel like, okay, next year is going to even be better. And, you know, you hope that, this is kind of an annual thing where this team is in the playoff conversation instead of, uh, you know, the anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And congratulations to coach Peterson being elected to coach of the year. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. He got the coach of the year from the one on one award. And now the other one that's remaining is that's uh, still up there is, is like the NFL honor show where that's the coach of the year. So, and I know he's like one of three candidates with Brian Dayball himself. And, and I, can't remember the other one right. i think it was uh sirianni maybe but uh but yeah i mean look i mean just to be be, be mentioned i mean it should be a, an honor and he's a great football coach and, and really really happy to have him in jacksonville you know it's our football team and we're excited to have him. no he's a class act you know and i guess uh you, you you're getting your needed rest you worked a little ot and missed out on a lot of the hunting season so you're heading for warmer climbs yeah, i hope yeah, we're he we're headed somewhere that has sand. It's warm, and there's fruity drinks. I was gonna there say, you umbrellas. go, brother. <laughs> umbrellas Just, and hey, drink. Don't forget the yeah. sunblock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I might even have one of them little umbrella thingies in my drink. I don't know. Hey. But, uh, but I can tell you, I'm looking looking forward to having a about uh, four days with me and the wife where we can relax and just have a good time. Yeah, y'all you. enjoy you yourselves, man. You, you definitely earned it. All right, boys. You guys have a great rest of the show. And uh, and Kevin, it's been great talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's funny. I've heard that three or four times this morning. It's all right. I was trying to, was trying to understand. I'll try. That. Yeah, I got you, Jeff. I missed that one. <laughs> that was great. All right, Jeff. Y'all have a good trip. Be safe. See you. He gone. Folks, you listen to the Nimic Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. We're going to take a break real quick. Give us a call at six four one ten ten. We got Captain Kevin holding on the outside here, and we'll be right back. Folks, welcome back to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. And this segment is brought to you by Kirby Co. Builders, which is also the promoter and honor of our cooking tip of the week. I know you got and something good for me. And we're going to go ahead and bring Captain Kevin in. If you need any remodeling done, uh, stucco work, uh, new front doors, whatever you need to do, new office work, call Kirby Co. Builders. This week's cooking tip, and I think, Kevin, you like this one. Was, okay. I mean, we were talking about having the collard green cook-off. <laughs> I like yeah. my collard greens. I think y'all you know, tried them. I know I you said they were, they were a little sweet. 
I don't think that that's a good idea. I think I'd win. Because, well, okay, well, let's just declare you the winner and, and move and, on. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, and move on. I, I, I just don't want to get into uh, wives and everybody cooking against each other because that just it might be some ma- bad mojo there. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't like the idea. Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm it's just not telling a bad you. One. Well, this recipe is pretty simple, folks. <laughs> You're a smart <laughs> man. You're a smart am, man. Am, am I right? Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. It's a bad idea. You're probably right. I leave yeah. that one alone. I'd be I know, run yeah. as far as I could. I know my wife's not yeah, listening, absolutely. so it doesn't make yeah. a difference. But yeah, I, I, I know mine's not listening either because she's in the double wide behind me. So is it cold up there? It's freezing, bro. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, frost on the pumpkin last two mornings. It was like uh, 29, but no wind and bright sunshine. Oh, I mean, wow. it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's magnificent. Yes. Magnificent. Oh, it's awesome. been howling down here. You guys letting any lead fly? Yeah. No, no. no. They, they, they have not seen a hog yet. Um, and, uh, but, you know, they, they, they've been sitting till like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at, at night, you know? Really? And, um, you know, it, it's the funny thing. I, I, I just couldn't sit in the dark for five hours. No. Well, you we know, do it all I mean, the time, and they don't. But we, you know, I guess you and I see. I, I don't know. I see hogs frequently. Um, right. Our place it, has yeah, them, it, and they don't really. I don't. They don't wind me up a whole lot. I walk up on them sometimes. Yeah. But if yeah, you I don't, mean, it's, 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 yeah. Seriously, if, if you know, I get it. I, 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 um, I'd love to have a couple around during hunting season, and if I don't see a deer, a hog comes in, I like you know. Bone well, yeah, I'll take them in a whatever. second. Yeah. You know, but 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 for the most part, I'm I'm with you, Kirk. I mean, it's not. It, I'm I'm not going to go sit in the blind for six or seven hours in the dark, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know try try to kill a pig. No, Grandpa uh, Jimmy Shore used to go with that pig. Oh, um, he's I, behaved I really, himself. Really um, he he has behaved himself. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been pretty good so far. So um, I'll, I'll I'll give him that, but. Um, Debbie's around his his wife, so that oh that of, calms he, him way down. A, absolutely, yeah. Oh, Miss uh, Debbie's around, he don't stand a chance. Yeah, that's anything right. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. worst thing so, is um, more brown bottles than usual. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you say so. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, but I will tell you this: this is pretty cool. Um, I think I sent most of y'all a picture last night. The 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 spectre. Yes. Spectre on fire. Really. Oh and, my gosh, yeah. that's a pretty fish there. That was a nice fish. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get that picture. Um, and, and, well, and, uh, and, and here's, it, it, I mean, you guys answer this. This is funny. I, they they stopped at uh, the local Ace Hardware, right? Yesterday, on, on, you know, we we played golf yesterday afternoon, and they stopped and they, and they bought red wigglers, right? Right. Uh, we, we're going to uh, fry some brim up tonight and stuff, and and they were catching more specs than 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 brim on on red wigglers. I, I'd rather eat the thought? specs and eat the brim, honestly. I'm listening to you right now, and I want you to be part of the missing out factor. <laughs> huh? That's pretty cool. Have you, have you ever caught Kirk those specs up there so on beetle spins? Oh, God. It's Kirk, it, you kill them on beetle spins. Yeah, see, that, I used to love that, man. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. And, and those those little crappy jigs, right. which is just, you know, just a, it's just a, a grub is all it is. Um Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you you Can you imagine it. a mess of them right there? Get me 20 25 of those right there. That's that's the whole goal. Yeah. yeah that's a big old slab old grandpa Jimmy's holding there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was uh, I mean, they're catching up. I mean, you're catching them pretty good. 
really good. Now, how many? Yeah, which, how, how many yep, do you try to pull ahead. out of there on a regular basis? You know, you, honestly, uh, Kirk, I used to have um, a couple folks that I let you know local guys um, Napoleon. come fish, and, uh, and 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 they 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 don't come around anymore, and and I like for them to because. They like to, to keep the bass, you know, because uh, Scotty Brown will tell you, you know, you need to, you know, those those little buck bass. I mean, I got so many of them. You you need to you need to thin them out, you know. Right. So so this it's it's a great question, but um, I, I mean, I, honestly, Kirk, it's it's been a couple of years since anybody's kept anything out of this pond. Wow. So it it, it needs to yeah it it they, there's some fish need to to die now. The only other problem is is that I. Um, I've got two otters and a Oof. beaver um, that are that are coming in the pond. So I bought I bought a, a leg trap. Hey, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna set it out tonight because they've they've been going through and it's it's they're using the same slide every night and I I think I think it's gonna be pretty easy to catch them. Hey, you say that? I saw uh-huh. so far this week, Kevin. I saw three dead otters on the road, which I've never seen. Huh? We had well, a captain's meeting the other day at palm valley right and ate lunch with leon and the group and there was two of them dead on palm valley road wow and then i had another one down there by my house that's south of town it is i wonder if it's mating yeah. season that's what I, I don't know yeah, but so i mean I was, you know yeah. they were fresh you know mm-hmm. right 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 Have, i mean we haven't had that much rain that everything's flooded no do we? no no yeah. but that's yeah. why i was wondering what yeah. you guys huh i mean is that is it that time of year for them to be moving? Because I've never I, seen I, I, I three I, dead I, I, otters honestly, in two days. I don't, I don't know the mating season of the otter. No. Oh. Hey, um, <laughs> Why don't you I guess that up I guess nothing? the beaver though, I guess presents problems to the to the trees. I mean, you that, know, that's that's another good question, Kirk. Why is he coming into my pond? I, I'm thinking he wants to eat those I mean, trees. There's 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 nothing around that's eaten. Now you go down to the creek bottom where he's coming from. He's chewing those, and he's oh my god! He's he, I mean it's 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 the same old battle goes back and forth with me and him, um, of of tearing dams down and he builds them back up and I tear them down and they'll and they'll so they'll, I, they'll wear out a stand of trees, man. Oh, it, it, dude, it's 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 unbelievable, and I, and, I, and I've told you guys this before. They're obnoxious. Whenever whenever you they build a dam and you go in there, and it takes a lot. I mean it 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 it, it take. I mean you. Know, Put your rubber boots on. You're getting wet. And anyway, I take those those trees and lay them to the side. Right. Mm-hmm. I get the water flowing back in. That joker will come in there and and build that dam back up and never use one of the trees that he used the first time. Because he, he will cut you. down new, new new trees every time. It's like yeah, I'm I'll amazed wait. at how big of a tree they can cut down in short a period of time. Yes, sir. Uh, it is. It, it's 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 crazy, Kirk. I mean, I I just can't even. I can't imagine, um, um, but it's, it's I, it, I mean, you know, you're talking, you know, eight, 10 inch trees. Yeah. I'll they'll, never they'll, forget they'll, a couple of years ago, Kevin, I went up and stayed at Jeff's and went turkey hunting over uh, a couple of days and Jeff and I were riding in a golf cart one night and we hit that bridge right there where he built the new bridge where the culvert is Yep. Yep. and it was stopped up and he was like, dadgummit. You know, he said that stopped up, it's starting to flood in here. And then he looked over and he's like, oh damn beavers you know and so i couldn't believe it he got in the water and was pulling the poles yeah. and the sticks and the trees out of the culvert and he said we're gonna be back here at dark you know and 
we came back at dark to see if the beaver was in there, and I was shocked at how big it was. I mean, it looked like yeah, a, they, it looked like a little yeah. dog. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I've yeah. never oh, yeah. got I mean, a what, good look at one. No, I've never, never seen, seen one. No. I mean, they're, these these things are 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I've never. Yeah, see, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Outside of watching trapping shows yeah. or whatever, I mean, that's all. I mean, I've ever seen them. I mean, I got clo- yeah. close to one, and it was sitting on the bank, and he's like, he's over there, and I, I started to ease over and got kind of close to it, and I was like, golly, it's it's freaking huge, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 big animals. So you they, they like you think kids. you figured it out? You're going to set these traps and try to at least eliminate. You need to at least eliminate the daggum otters. Well, that's that, that's really what I would I would be after. I mean, yeah. the hell with a beaver. I, I, I mean, yeah. he ain't really hurt. Yeah. Well, I guess the otter's like yeah. an anhinga, no. isn't it? It just eats a lot of fish. Going to kill all the fish. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah. but but from but from what I understand, Kirk, they they, they kill fish just to kill fish. Yeah, just a for lot fun. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. just exactly, Ricky. Really, yeah, just just for fun. Yeah. Oh, see, now yeah, me yeah. and him are going to get acquainted with a rifle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. But, you know, they're, they're, you know, when you talk about size, those jokers aren't that big, yeah. you know, but they kill big fish. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and this time of year, when it's, when it's 28, 29 degrees outside, you guys know as well as I do, the fish aren't moving very fast. No. Oh, no. They're easy, you, easy you know targets. I mean? I mean, they're, so, yeah, they're easy targets. Are they the, nighttime people jokers. or are they daytime people? I have videos of them in the daytime. Right. And then I have pictures of them um, at nighttime. So so it's kind of both. And, and uh, I really, uh, the, we had a lot of rain this week. Um, so it, it, my creeks were flowing pretty good. I need to, I just need to get on one end right. and start walking to the other end real, real quietly. I'll probably come across them at some point in time. Right. Here's the other thing. Where do they go when the creek's dry? I guess they go to find water somewhere else, somebody else's I, pond. You know? funny, but, but as soon as it starts flowing, Kirk, here, here, here they come back. That's, yeah. it's, 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 it's weird. You know, and I've always tried to find out where they were. You know, but but I, I can't I can't find where they are when there's no water. I've seen them running through the woods in Fargo Absolutely. down by the river. I see really? them all the time. Right. And yeah, running. Locally. And you're like, what in the heck is that? And yeah. you see them, they kind of <laughs> flop. They kind of... Yeah, like a seal does, except they got right. legs. Yeah, isn't it funny though, Kirk? Whenever you're sitting in a stand and you see something that you're not sure what it is, it's it's, it's a very, it's like the first time I was one of the times I was hunting Kansas, and and I saw a porcupine. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? I'm like, what, what the, the hell is that? What? The what? I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> what the what is uh, yeah, that? Yeah, what is that? And, then, and did you know porcupines walk- climb trees? I watched a they show do. on that. Yes, sir. And their prickles are only on their tail. Pennsylvania, I've seen them climb trees. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I know we got to take a I break, Chris. I, I, know, I, know, I know we do. Um, so the other weird thing, in the dark, Kansas, there's a lot of rabbits. <laughs> and I thought what I was walking on uh, up on was, was a rabbit, but it wouldn't go away. All of a sudden, it, it started, like, growling at me. And I put my flashlight on. It's a badger. Uh, oh, those oh, things I heard yeah, eat you up. That, man. Yeah, you don't want none of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, anyway, great one. talking to y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all. Bye, buddy. in there for us. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. And, uh, Tell uh, Grandpa I'll, I'll Jimmy I said hello. Yeah, give him hell for me, please. Behave himself.
No, don't behave himself. We need stories. Yeah, yeah, I need him to fall down, you know, like fall in the pond or something. Right. Come on, Jimmy, get on it. A couple more crowd drinks, you'll get him. Put your foot out. I'll I'll, I'll go. I'll start right now. I'll go make him a Bloody Mary. Yeah. There you go. All right, Kevin, y'all have fun. Give him a little push for me. See you, buddy. Appreciate y'all. See you. Folks, you're listening to Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Buck, Duck Duck Bruder. Bruder. We'll be right back. Give us a call, 641 1010. Chris, it's almost canny how you know my taste in guitar music and I'm music. I'm telling you, man. You know me like a book. Hey, well, you know, Steve Lukather's amazing, so that's not too hard. You got a good memory. Folks, welcome back to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Ritter. I'm Captain Kirk Waltz. Sitting in today is Captain Scotty Shank and Captain uh, Ricky Papour. And we didn't kind of go over the Kirby Co. cooking tip just a minute ago, so kind of real quick. If you'll go onto our Facebook page, the recipe is posted there. It's a little long, but I got this from one of the local restaurants down in Atlantic Beach a couple years ago. And I got to tell you, by far, it is one of the finest collard green recipes i've ever had i cook it for us infrequently at the house especially in the winter time it's a big hit around thanksgiving football season christmas we always have it so check it out um this segment of the show is brought to you by uh coastal equipment if you need a new kubota steel chainsaw blower pole saw i've got a pole saw Sounds like you need some of that here coming up. Is what I need some new talk. blades on my pole saw. I about wore them out on Wednesday. But give them a call at 924-9624 and ask them any question you need. If you need any repairs, uh, if you need a new piece of equipment, you need a new tractor, go see them. We so, were talking a little bit a, a while ago. And, Ricky, I, I want to kind of flip back to going offshore. You know, um, some of my friends, uh, Jeremy Alvarez, Steve Mullen, Captain Dennis Young, um, have taught me a lot about offshore fishing more in the last few years than I've learned in many years past. And there are some tricks to fish in some of these spots. You know, I get people all the time asking me about trigger fish, and I hear you're pretty good at it. I mean, what techniques do you deploy in, in catching triggers? I've actually just learned how to catch the trigger fish uh, in the last couple, four or five years. Um, for me, a really small hook. Right. I, a lot of people like the triple barb hooks. The trocars? Uh, I'm not sure who Is makes them. Is that what you use, Scotty? What do you use? No, I use triple barb. No, those triple barbs are mustads. Mustads, okay. Okay, I thought they were VMC, but I know they're hard. What I don't well, like them about make them. them. Yeah. Okay. You're talking like a one, a number one, or a yeah, one off, one, one off, and that's one-aught. that's what I like to use is is the is the one off fly line, the same the fly liner, the same hook that we use for kingfishing. Right. It's um, the the trigger fish will bite the. I guess it's a hard tip on the triple barb hooks. Right. And they'll bite the tip off, kind of like uh, it'll make it dull. Sometimes right. it only takes one fish, and it's it's you gotta put another hook on. Oh mm-hmm. wow! So. I, I don't I don't really. You gotta like. look at those three extra strong or four extra strong short shank live bait hooks mm-hmm. in a one out kind of series because exactly what you say, just like a sheephead, mm-hmm. they got that second and third row of teeth that's behind them. Right, and they'll crush and they'll, it. They'll crush that. They'll crush that hook point and roll it over. Right. <clears throat> so you know to get away from that, using you you know upgrading your width of hook, mm-hmm. you know, but you're keeping it small. Right. Um, leader? But, How long of a leader? Uh, I don't, I, I mean, 
I'm fishing double rigs or triple double rigs. rigs for me too. Chicken you know, rigs, just yep. regular old stand up chicken rigs. You know, your dropper loops are whatever eight ten inches off on your dropper loops. Cuttlefish. Um, yes, I'd like that. Captain and Kyle believe Paschal it or taught me that. That's a that's a big deal. And 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 finding them is 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 learning how to find them on the on the machine. That's a I learned that. Mm-hmm. I took a trip with him one day. We went high speed wahoo fishing. Our trolling years ago. This has probably been like four years ago, right? And he, he, we, we weren't having that great of a day, and we decided to stop and trigger fish, and it was like the most epic thing I'd ever seen. I, I didn't know you could catch them like that, but there's, there's a lot of little techniques to, to make your day go much better. Throw these off the bottom, just like a beeline. Looks like three little lines mm-hmm. on your bottom machine on mine anyway. Where like if you go offshore and you go over a certain spot, your beeliners will kind of go in an arch, right? Okay. Your trigger fish will be like a three-line kind of situation. Like a snapper. Like a snapper, Mark, but it's not going to be as faint. It's going to be like a lighter blue, like a sea bass, Mark, is when we come over the bottom this time of year Mm -hmm. and see those fish just right on the bottom, those are your sea bass marks. Right. And as you grow, you'll bring bring the sea bass even up higher. You mean as you start to fish it? As you start to fish it. As you grow the bottom or you, you... you right. work that structure and stuff like that. What Go do you on. tell your clients? I mean, when you're dropping down, you tell them hit the bottom and come up four turns. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, we just went through a struggle with that on, on the last trip I took. I don't know. I don't. I like to kind of time it because they were getting hit on the way down and they weren't feeling the bite. Now, I could see that they were getting bit, but I, it's a. I, I, sometimes when you do something a lot, um, you don't notice that it's difficult to learn because you've been doing it for so long and mm-hmm. I, had, I had clients that were just not feeling the bite i could see they were getting a bite on the way down but they they couldn't feel it I, I like to try to time it i'll tell them like especially if you're deep water fishing i'll say hey you know kind of pay attention to the line spool diameter right and and stop it or, or time it whatever you got to do but try to stop it yeah before yeah. it gets to the bottom that way you feel the bite and when they're really fired up they'll bite on the way down oh yeah you feel well, picking at it yeah plucking like, at it like your bee liners and stuff like that. Like I commercial fish for years. And whenever you rod and reel in, like bee liner wise, your bigger fish, believe it or not, everybody thinks, oh, I got to go straight to the bottom and catch them. They're on your top of the school. Your bee liner like 50 feet above the bottom. Yeah, it's your on bigger top, fish. Top, top of the school. You know, and so you'll sit there, like you're saying, Ricky, you'll thumb it down and 120 feet of water, like you said, kind of count down depending on size. You kind of, you just get it. You'll, you'll keep long letting it go and you'll just i'll just stop it and all of a sudden i don't care if i lose my bait i just want to know where the bite is what kind of tackle uh i'm Rod fishing reel. i'm trying to fish well medium heavy yeah medium heavies medium light I, yeah. I mean you're not using your uh inshore light tackle spinning no, rods no, you're using no. something a little heavier no, than that. six I foot rods senator yeah yeah four out senators you never know what's going to happen and the biggest yes 100 percent. i hate fishing braid offshore Hate it. Not not so much me, but I. I, I no, nope. like I'm them. mono straight, mono all the way through. Oh, really, for bottom fishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think yep. there's a lot of, of pros and cons each way, but. Uh, now, I've seen some of the guys when they're fishing for 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 millions for beeliners, they're using a light tackle spinning rod, very similar to the ones we use for fishing the jetties for sheep head. Right. And they're you're using one to two ounce egg sinkers. Sometimes they'll use a little bit more. But they're letting it go down, and then they're stopping it right before it hit, hits the bottom. Or if it does hit the bottom, four turns real quick. Get it up off the yeah. bottom. Well, yeah. the problem, that that is great. But the problem is, like, uh, if you're using a conventional reel, 
once you figure out that depth, that's your bigger vermilions are sitting in. Because mm-hmm. who cares about getting bites as soon as I – I'd rather wait two or three minutes and feel that thump and then let him pull it down and go, yep, those are the two-pounders or three-pounders or right. whatever. If Once you learn that, the, the easiest thing is to stack your line on one side of the reel. Okay. Okay? We're in 100 feet of water. Right. I found the beeliners to be 62 feet. We're just using our number. 62 feet down. Okay. Well, as soon as I get that initial bite of what I believe is the right one, mm-hmm. when I start reeling, I'll start stacking all my line on the right-hand side of the spool. Makes sense. So whenever that, whenever I'm dropping now, I hit it every single time. As soon as that, whether whether it, as soon as it goes to the levelness of the spool, mm-hmm. I know I'm there. I just throw it in gear and start fishing. Where every single time I don't have to sit there and think about it or count it down or whatever. That was just the art of commercial fishing. Is we all we would find out where they're at, and then mm-hmm. we literally just stack all the line. And when you're reeling it, you just hold your whichever hand size you are. Hold your thumb on the uh, line and pile well, it up put, on one put side. Put your palm across. You know, you hold your palm like you're gripping the rod, <laughs> but you lay it across the reel like that. I understand. So you keep the line always feeding over on the right hand side. So you know you where always to try stop. to stack it up. You know where it stops when it gets even in the middle. Then you stop it. Right. Makes sense. Because you never had a full well, I mean, you never really had a full spool on a four aught. You know, you had it good and full, but I'm not I'm not you didn't you I didn't pack a, it to where it's, you know, gonna catch on the outside. So you had plenty enough to mm-hmm. shove that line and stack it over. And that goes for everything. That goes for the trigger fishing, that goes for the beeliner fishing, any kind of fishing offshore. Me, the way I did it is Do you do you use I mean, if you can't get cuttlefish, what else are you using? I love fish bites too. You know, them think they'll eat just about anything. Fish bites is the greatest thing in the world. Cut up grunts. Yep. Yes. Anything. You know, scad, anything. Cigar minnows, sardines. Uh, trigger, uh, that will, but trigger fish, not so much. I mean, little tiny pieces of cuttlefish, mm-hmm. little tiny pieces of squid. And, and I mean. St. Augustine, it's hard to get the cuttlefish. I know you guys up here have a tackle shop that carries them. But. Yeah, and then we can get them from shrimpers sometimes. From yeah. the shrimpers, you can get them, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of that, that, that kind of guy. I'm either squid or I'm fish bites. Mm-hmm. Seriously, fish bites is pulled out a lot of times. The days that, you know, that it wasn't happening. And as a, you know, as in commercial fishing them, I don't have time to sit there and keep baiting a hook. Mm-hmm. I want to send down three hooks at one time. And what flavor? Uh, it doesn't really matter. But I'm just, I'm offshore, so I picked the squid con. Yeah, yeah. So, so tonight I just got a text message while we were. Talking the the we got the twenty twenty three right. Wahoo shootout kickoff party tonight at four p.m. to at St Augustine Rod and Gun Club. Cool, yeah, nice well, folks. You heard I that? Have, I have not 10. made it. Yeah, I've never made it to one yet. I, I I'm kind of excited. I think I'm going to get to go this year. <laughs> go, you should go, yeah. folks. We got to take a break. You're listening to this Nimic Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. We got to take a break. Give us a call six four one ten ten. We got one more segment, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Last segment of the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. This segment of the show is brought to you by Hagen Coastal Outfitters. I mean, if you're looking for a new kayak, you need fishing equipment, multitude of uh, stores throughout the area from Uli down to Palatka, to Jacksonville, Mandarin, St. Augustine. Visit them. Great stores. Flip-flops, you name it, they got it. 
Hagen Coastal Outfitters. Dude, their um, Hey Dudes is incredible. The stock of Hey Dudes they got. I wear their flip flops. I wear them I, all that's the what time. I have. Man. I have their flip flops too. Great, great flip flops. Yep. Anyway, um, let's go to the phone lines and talk to Gary real quick. I know he's been hanging on. Gary, no jokes now. No, no jokes. Good no morning, jokes, gentlemen. Brother. Yeah, leave the all jokes. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. No, How I, you doing? All right. I saw a fishing show that about about a dozen years ago there was this kind of prehistoric-looking fish that nobody had ever seen before that they caught in this fishing net. My question is, did any, any of you have any kind of experience, whether it be on a big lake or offshore, did you ever see something you couldn't identify, you couldn't figure out what it was? I, I did one time, and I had to call one of the crabbers. It was like a toss between a sea robin. It had a rounded head, and when I touched it, it zapped me. And I can't, like an electric eel or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can't remember the name of it. It's a. It, 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 I um, call Raymond King, and he yep, goes, "Don't yep, touch don't that. Don't touch it. Blank He's got a blank fall fish. on his top of his head. Yep. And uh, dang it, I can't remember. It's the, got like different colors on yep, it. Yep, 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 yep. And, yep, and it'll light you up. You don't want to touch fish? it, huh? Like a goblin fish or something? No. Uh, what the heck? Looks like a goblin. It, it, basically, he has this little ball. On the, it's like a head of hair sticking straight up with a ball, and it acts like a teaser. And yep. that's how he gets these fish. He gets. It's his- got a face kind of like a toadfish. Toadfish. Except it's not. It's not yep. brown. It's yep. almost silver no, gray. Silver gray. And then it's got different color blues around its face. It almost looks like like a king pupper. You know, um, uh, a stargazer. Stargazer. That's it. Stargazer. stargazer. Thank you, Raymond. He's listening. There he is. Stargazer. stargazer. So I call Raymond, and he's like, you know, Raymond doesn't. Raymond yeah. doesn't mince on words. He like blankety blank. Yep. Don't touch the blankety blank thing. <laughs> but. It's called a star grazer, and it will light your behind yep. up, Gary. You don't want to touch it. Yep. Great. I, I, I appreciate it, guys. All right, man. Thanks, buddy. You have a great day. See you. Yeah, I mean, looks like the weather this week is going to be pretty good. Looks like we have mm-hmm. a couple good days. There's I'm some west winds to, that's coming this week, too, later on. I'm going to try to get offshore tomorrow, and the way the forecast looks for the rest of the week, I might try to get up a couple more days. I know one of the guys wanted to go out and catch some triggers. Tuesday and Wednesday, there's a little rain coming, though. I like eating fish, and I got to say, trigger fish is one of my favorites mm-hmm. right up there. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, you know. How's your sea bass fishing? It's been good. Um, we haven't done that yet either. I'm trying like to get up here to do that. You got to get around anything from the 800 to 100 line. Seems like most of the fish are on the 100 line. Okay. So you got to get out a little ways. But but I caught them on the 80 line two weeks ago and had a three-man limit pretty quick. Okay. Um, wow. it's, it's just a matter of getting on the live bottom. They're not around the wrecks. You got to get on live bottom. And I find that if I get on the low profile stuff, more than the ledges, yeah. I seem to have more success. Okay. Um, I talked to my buddy, Captain Dennis Young and Dennis has been a little under the weather. So we're praying he gets well quick. Um, Dennis had some spots that were up towards RL a little bit East. Okay. And I think he said around 80 feet of water and, and he did real good on them. St. Augustine, was I'm drifting. looking at going to Pontevedra. I mean, the, hit, I can hit the Starship Reef. In Starship, Pontevedra, I mean, the ledges inside, South Pontevedra, you know, mm-hmm. right? PV ledges and all that kind of stuff. Right what out, depth you know? do you find them in? Like 75, 80 feet. Yeah. If I'm coming out of here and I'm going up to run up that way, yeah, 75 to 80 feet. I don't know. I've never fished them to the north. I had a pretty good spot where I was finding them, the legal ones, uh, you know, to the south. But it, That it's washed gone, up. That's yeah. gone. Yeah. Everything's to the north. I don't know. We, uh, it's going to be a 24, 26-mile run for me. Yeah, most of the guys. To worry about where I want to go know, I on these ledges. If, I'm 
15, 16, I'll start finding them. Yeah. And then sometimes I got to go further, you know, up towards Amberjack Hole, north end of RL. Um, if you're going east, you know, uh, past the middle grounds mm -hmm. in that particular area seems to be a pretty good knot of them. We have had better sea bass fishing in the last month and a half than we had last year. Wow. All in all. Yeah. Wow. Uh, some of the guys got on some good bites. That, that yeah, um, hold. I saw catch, uh, Captain Richard Bloom went out the other day. And How's he, he and doing? Fish. He's doing really good. He redid I hadn't talked the boat. to him in a while. Yeah, I know. That, his boat is absolutely gorgeous now since he redid it. Redid that, uh, what is it, a sea chaser? Sea chaser. From top to bottom, yep. ground it all down, I refinished it. mean, like six it, months he worked on the boat. Put a brand Four new uh, Suzuki on the back. It's It looks really good. I, 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 tell him I said hello. It had been a long time since we fished together. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. But I know he fished out east of the middle grounds. One day last week and did real good on the sea bass. Had some nice green heads. Okay. It's fun when you start getting on them. And I, I don't know about you guys, hands down, you can't beat the eating quality. Mm -hmm. That's some of the best eating fish you'll ever put I in your mouth. I mean, and now you get to fish them more than I do. Do you see that the first time you drop down is when you're going to catch your goodens? And then, and then. You know what? You know, I you know, it's funny. I, I, I use cuttlefish or I'll use some of that giant squid. Yep. Um, and I'll cut it up in little pieces. I'll start out with that. When I start catching grunts, I save the grunts. And, and if I catch any other junk fish, I'll cut them up and butterfly them into little chunks. And that's when I start catching the bigger fish. But do you catch them first before the little ones move in? Yeah. The first two or three drops is when you're going to catch a couple of good ones. And I know, I think that's why Dennis, when I talked to Dennis one day, Dennis Young, I think that's why he drills a lot. Okay, because he's so I'm saying, if you pull moving. up to a spot and you catch nothing but little eight nine inches, mm -hmm. you're leaving, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to know. So I don't know. It, it and it's a fun time of the year. We only catch them in the in the winter time, at least for us. You'll catch them in the summer, but it's usually you don't catch a lot of bigger ones. Usually the bigger ones seem to move in when the water. How's your big yellow down. mouth trout? Yeah, and, and I, have they showed up out there? Starting to see those too. Okay. Not in big numbers, um, but starting Same to see those. You know, you know, good fish, two, three pounds. I mean, you know, yeah. not like the river fish that we catch that are oh, yeah. 14 inches. These yeah. are the great like trout will start showing up and they'll, and they'll get ones. thicker and thicker as we move more into February, March. Right. You know, it seems the colder the water gets, the thicker they get. Okay. Weak, weak fish start moving in from offshore. Right. Still have never come through and, and caught them like we did a couple of years ago with Kevin. No. Well, folks, we appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to the Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. And guys, I appreciate y'all coming and helping me Thanks. out today. Appreciate yeah, you, Kurt. Um, I, I know it's been a, uh, a busy morning, and appreciate all the tips and the insight, uh, folks. Show's been brought to you by CNH Marine Construction, uh, Nimnik Chevy Buick GMC, Tire Outlet, Kirby Co Builders, Shimano Strike Zone, Steen Hatchie River Club, Valentino Boats, Ring Power, Wild West Guns and Gold, Claude Nolan Pontiac, and uh, excuse me, Cadillac, Thigpen Heating and Cooling. Coastal Equipment, LV Hires, Hagen Coastal Outfitters, Atlantic Coast Marine, my favorite sponsor. And, hey, if you got time, come down to the boat show today. We'll be down there. At least I will be. And, folks, remember, in the great outdoors, always think safety first. We'll see you next Saturday. See ya. See ya. See ya. Don't you know?